Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I am Joe Stark and tonight I am talking with Paul Hart from the Animated Batcast. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? I'm so excited to be on. Uh, yeah, super excited, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, Paul. And um, uh, we had some technical difficulties at the start, but we look like we're rocking and rolling now. All right. So I like rocking and rolling. <laughs> rocking and rolling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you, you can't really do that with any other types of music, can you? No. Like, no, you are, really can't. <laughs> we are smooth jazzing right now. <laughs> yeah. We are uh yeah, we're we're reggaeing right now. <laughs> uh, oh, thank God I didn't drink before this one. You would have heard my terrible <laughs> reggae accent. Oh no. <laughs> Dude, I am so bad at accents. It is fucking terrible when I was in a like community college when I didn't know what I wanted to be. I uh I took an acting class and it was it, it was a lot of fun. We got to read a lot of old Shakespeare plays and stuff and uh the college was doing a performance of um the importance of being earnest and they had auditions and everything and I didn't audition. I was like, nah, nah I, I don't want to be an actor or whatever, you know? And, uh, the director of the play who was also the teacher of the acting class emailed me and he's like, you know, uh, I really want you to be in the play. I want you to play both butlers. I'm like, okay, like that's cool. He's like, but you need a British accent. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> And not only did I need like a British accent, but I needed like two distinct British ac- accents to to play both butlers for yeah. You know, they didn't want them to sound the same, right? Yeah, and like it was the Waukesha Observer. I'm thinking it's like you know I'm like I'm like 22. Like I'm like yeah, dude. Like the, the Waukesha Observer's here. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just a little stupid town uh, newspaper, and like. And like uh, me and my friend were in it and like the critic like praised everybody except me and him. She didn't even say anything about us. And he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to email her because he was the newspaper editor, you know, and I'm like, oh, dude, you don't have to email her like, you know, she didn't say anything, but she didn't say anything bad. Well, he emailed her no. and he's and he's like, you know, Paul. Paul did a great job doing two accents and she's, she emailed back. She's like, you know what? She goes, I, I was trying to be professional and she's like, you know, like, uh, tug that string, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm reading this email and she's like, yeah, you know, like, um, you know, she, she told the guy that sent the email, she was like, you were bland and like unforgettable, like totally forgettable. And she's like, and as for your friend, I've seen someone do a hundred roles in a play and make it awesome. And he was just awful. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, wah, wah. There goes, there goes my Brad Pitt uh, dream. <laughs> there goes, you know, I put every egg in that basket. <laughs> oh, confidence diminishing. <laughs> it was just terrible. It was so, I look back at it now and I fucking laugh because it was awful. It was just, I you know, like, good day, sir. Like, it was just, <laughs> I was up there, I was so, and like, <laughs> I sweat like a maniac, so I was up there just like sweating bullets, and it was oh, terrible. Yeah. I wonder if that's because of the fair-skinned folks, because like, I'm fair-skinned, like, yeah. like I, I got a lot of red in my beard, but like, mostly, you know, I just kind of got dark brown hair, 
But dude, I sweat when I think hard. <laughs> it's just, it's you, not good. <laughs> dude, I get you. And like, yeah, like I have to wear black t-shirts and like dress up shirts. Cause otherwise it's pit stain city. It's just <laughs> insane. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh man. No. And like, you know, I'm thinking back on, I'll like, I let that like review kill me for like a week. And I think back at, it's like, it was for like a real small town on the edge of Milwaukee, a community college. Like what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not like, you know, I was expecting to get found or anything. It's just so silly. Yeah. The stuff you take so serious when, you know, you're full of piss and vinegar and all that fun stuff. Well, you know, when you step outside of your comfort zone, you put yourself out there and then, you know, I mean, it, it can suck to to get a negative criticism like that, even if it is warranted. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember, um, oh, this would have been probably around like 2006 or eight or so. I wrote a couple different manuscripts and I was trying to get a literary agent. And man, I just got, and when you, do you know what the process is for doing that? No, I do not. So you have to send an inquiry letter basically stating why, you know, it's it's almost like a cover letter for a job interview, only it's you're briefly describing what your project is. And then depending on the agency, they're going to ask for a, a, any number of sample pages of the story. And then you okay. have to also supply a self-addressed envelope with a, st- uh, a stamp already on it so that they can put the rejection letter in it and seal it with doing a minimum amount of work. Dude, talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'm going right for the top too. So I'm doing Google searches on all these different literary agencies in New York. <laughs> and I had a huge freaking pile of, of ones that I sent out. And then just, you know, over the next few months, I'd just go to check the mail and there'd be a self, you know, a, an envelope in there with my handwriting. I'm like, oh, fuck. God damn it. Wah, wah. Some of them weren't even a full sheet of paper. <laughs> you could tell that they just wrote the same paragraph six times on a piece of copy paper and then just cut it yeah. with scissors. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> But eh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, it's you know, but it's good. It's 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 good to you know, you know, like rejection's good. I mean, you know, you you, you totally have to learn from it. Otherwise, you just sit there and keep you know, not improving. Like we have this new thing at school. Uh, our acronym is FAIL, F A I L, and it's a uh, first attempt in learning. Which I thought is kind of cool and yet weird to have printed all over a school. Yeah, fail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in principle, I can understand what they're going for, especially if you're looking at it from the angle of, you know, learn from your mistakes, because nothing's truly a mistake if you've learned from it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I have a. When you're plastering fail everywhere, it does get a little weird. Yeah, and I have a saying, like I have a quote that I put on my wall that I kept on there. Um, it's from Batman Begins. It's like, you know, why do we fall? Because we learn how to pick ourselves up, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is kind of better than, well, he's got fail out like for us, like, you know, like in all of our packets. I don't know if it's going to be plastered around the school. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
don't think so. I was picturing it like it was, yeah, <laughs> like the it was first, on like, we banners have a, and shit. And I'm like, that's we have a big poster, funny. and like the first day of school, they're walking in, fail. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it totally makes sense. Like I totally get it. Like I'm not trying to knock anything. What we're doing, like it's, you know, like it totally makes sense. I mean, you know, it does, but I don't know. I'm going to have that for kids. And I, I, I don't think we are. I don't think we're going to have that up in the, you know, but it's kind of something just to remind us, like, you know, you know, cause you get totally bummed out. Like when a kid, you know, tries hard and like, they don't do good on a test and it's something to remind us, I think, you know, like, well, this is the kid's first attempt in learning, you know, like especially a new subject. So it's kind of a cool little, pick me up for us you know it's just their first attempt out of like a million that they're going to be doing so okay i get it now also then it's like you know it's it's not a fail it's your first attempt it's your first attempt in learning yeah and i think it's more for the teachers you know like that means when you get it on your second chance you are sailing yes yes (laughs) (laughs) successful attempt in learning that's a good i didn't even go go to the seminar and i figured out step two there you go man there you go (laughs) There you go. <laughs> Have you ever seen those like motivational speakers or something like that? And they got those weird acronyms <laughs> that oh. describe their different strategies for success and shit. Oh my God. Welcome, to, think of. welcome to the world of teaching. Everything's an acronym coming down from like the higher ups. Like there's so many. I got like a cheat sheet in my classroom of all these acronyms and I'm like, geez. For everything, but it's funny. Uh, you made me think of that com- that Geico commercial where Pinocchio was uh, a self help motivator, <laughs> and he points to that guy. He's like, "I see success in you," and his nose is getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Geico commercials have been killing it for years. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, man, I fucking loved the cavemen, but then when they brought that whole tv show like yeah it works better in like 15 second spots like oh yeah i couldn't believe they actually made a tv show out of that fuck i forgot all about that yeah like i don't need 22 minutes every week about guys from a commercial like i really don't dude that right there highlights the grossness of network television oh yeah they find something in a commercial that works really well and they're like let's build a show out of it yeah, let's let's throw hundreds of thousands of dollars of making, you know, because I bet makeup was fucking crazy to do for that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they look like uh, War from Star Trek with, like, better hair. They do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the surfer hair. <laughs> yeah, with the surfer hair, like. <laughs> arms like Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I love that you and Rebecca are doing the animated Batcast because it's got me so stoked to watch those cartoons again. Oh, man, it is. You know, like I remember I had uh, I was born in 84, so that came out in 92 and I was uh, eight at the time. And I was just, you know, like the first uh, the first movie I saw in the theater was Back to the Future. But the year before that or Back to the Future three, um year before that my dad took us to go see batman at the drive-in the michael keaton one nice and i was just oh i was i was blown away i you know like so so then we saw batman returns and then this cartoon comes out 
you know, like pretty much a couple months after the movie came out and it's still building off of the Keaton verse pretty much. And man, I remember that would come on at like three 30. I would tell my dad, like, we're not stopping at the gas station to get like, you know, like a juice or something like we got to get home. It's like three 15, like go through the red light, dad, Batman's going to be on. And that <laughs> I, I just love that cartoon. So yeah. And Rebecca's a really cool sport. Cause, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, she she watched it, but uh, I don't think she was as, you know, into it as I was. And I was a pretty much a new army member on the leftover army page. And she's like, yeah, I'll do it with you. Like we did a couple bumpers. I'm like, dude, I think we could like do a podcast on this. You and I, and she's like really got into it. She takes awesome notes and it's just cool to see her like with a new guy, like do a co like, you know, be a co-host and just to have a lot of fun. She is just, she is an awesome, amazing person. I just can't say enough good things about Rebecca. Oh yeah. I love Rebecca. I, oh. had, a, I had such a blast having her on Startcast um, a while back. And then I've been on the supercast with her and then we did that crossover also. And yeah, oh. Rebecca's great. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to having her on again. And then, but then her and Gafford are arguing about who's going to have the longest Startcast episode. <laughs> it's like, come on. Well, you know what? I, I, I can take a Red Bull and we can we can do this. <laughs> I know. Well, then I had the idea. I was like, well, what if I have her and Gafford on an episode together <laughs> and then they can oh. share the title? <laughs> I don't know, you know if I can get people to do that. <laughs> and and Jared Gafford, what a cool like he's awesome, too. Uh, oh, yeah. I just started listening to uh, the Joe Schmo comic show. And that guy, he is just so chill. Like he he does he puts on such a good conversation, you know, just like you that like oh he's so easy to listen to. Yeah. You know, like uh and he was telling me his dad was in radio, so I'm like, Oh, that's runs in the genes. <laughs> yeah, no, Gafford's got a great radio voice. Yeah, yeah and I love does. Joe Schmo, man. That was like really what got me into buying um like actual individual issues of comics. Cause previous to that, I'd only gotten paperback trades. Okay. And I had a, and yeah, pretty much every single one of my trades was a Batman one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah. And, you know, that, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say it, like my introductions to other characters were just what, if they were in that Batman book, then I'd read them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and um, I had some other random ones, too. I think the first one I got might have been The Crow. Oh. I'm thinking I got that in middle school. It's a, a J.O. Barr. Have you ever read that? No, I haven't. The It's actually pretty good. It, it's it's The movie took quite a few deviations from it, but like it's still got yeah. a lot of similarities. And, uh, yeah, it's violent as hell. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, though. I mean, it's been so long. Um, but I lost a whole bunch of books in 2008. My whole town got flooded. Oh and, shit. And so yeah, I lost a whole shitload of books and I had them in storage totes and the water got high enough to where it filled the storage totes. <laughs> and so when I was finally able to get back into my house, I was like, Oh, maybe they're going to be okay. And I pulled the lid off and it's, this is brimmed to the top with water. I'm like, fuck all my books are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> So it's probably a good thing I didn't have like a comic collection or that would have been fucking horrific. Oh man. I lost everything. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause shit, just looking at where I got my collection now, it's on a, 
I built like a storage box that's okay. kind of like a display thing, and it's got four rows in it, and so it'll hold a couple hundred books pretty easily. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, but I just got it sitting on top of a shelf, like one of those, you know, like Ikea shelves. Yeah. And yeah, when those things get wet, they just crumble. Oh. And that's how I lost all my books that were in bookshelves. Oh, <laughs> man. Those particle board, <laughs> which is that little layer of veneer. And yeah, they, they had all the Harry Potter books, um, almost all of them in hardback. They were all fucking ruined and oh. it was heartbreaking. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, and so now seeing all this stuff on the news and seeing how bad, you know, Ugh. Houston and and, and all those, that coast down there in Texas is getting, I just feel for those people. Oh, it's, it's awful. It is just awful. And it's kind of cool. Uh, like, you know, one thing, I, I'm sure you've seen it in a meme, but uh, Mr. Rogers said it where he's like, you know, if you look at a tragedy – look for the people helping and that's where the real joy you know like that's where the real awesomeness comes from the human spirit like just that need to help when you're in a situation like that like you see like the true colors of people so like we're really getting some really cool stories of you know just day-to-day people doing some really cool things to help strangers and that's always stuck with me yeah yeah you're absolutely right man and you those people, that is the best of humanity. And Absolutely. Yeah. People are strange. You know, the fact that that really within within the heart of every single person there exists the capacity for great kindness or great I mean, just call it evil. Yeah. It yeah. And it's just so weird. And in a way, like I'm very much a cross between, you know, very much a people person, but also like intensely, um, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Introverted. Okay. And, um, in, when I think of like the good parts of people, you know, then it's like, okay, yeah, that's awesome because, you know, I have plenty of really happy, you know, perfect interactions with people, but then there's the times where, like one pa- walk past somebody like, Hey, how you doing? They make eye- you make eye contact and they don't even say anything back. And it's like, dude, what are you a fucking sociopath? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, in the end, I think I isolate myself from people way more than I should. Well, yeah. Cause sometimes it just like, it gets defeating when you're being positive and someone shits on your parade and you're like, Oh, I don't really like that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better out in the woods. <laughs> you oh just yeah, listen to the birds and the wind and the trees. I fucking love it. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Dude. real. You see other people are like, huh? What are you doing here? Like, okay, you look cool. <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> if somebody walks past, it's like, oh shit, you're being really loud and you're carrying glass beer bottles. What are you going to do with those when you're done with them? Are you going to be one of those yeah. assholes that just throws them and breaks glass out in the middle of nowhere for no reason? Those people ruin everything. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. We sometimes when we go out to the playground, there's like busted bottles and it's like, come on, guys. Like, I know. Right. Like how like, how fucking how much how far up your ass is your head that you would break a glass bottle at a playground? And yeah. Like, like think about it. 
Like, and you're literally standing like on that soft, like ground, like the little bouncy ground for kids. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you know where you are. Like, this is a school. We have recess. Like, do you think, you know, do you think the heart of it is that some people are just so self-obsessed, obsessed with their own situation, what they got going on, that they just don't consider the world around them and the fact that they do share it with other people? I, you know, I think so. I definitely think so. Uh absolutely i you know i don't know either you know what i mean (laughs) you know you just you know it's funny someone always said like common sense you know you know like you just always have it well it's common sense is a taught thing yeah it really is like you know it's 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 based on like your environment and everything you take in so common sense really isn't common depending on you know who you are so yeah, I mean, if you didn't have those values instilled in you when you were little, or you didn't have parents that had freaking common sense that you could at least observe the way that they reacted to things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then those people are, in a way, they're doomed, because the older you get, the harder it is to learn things like that. You get set oh, in your ways. Yeah, I can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> that is a perfect way to segue into what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I am the a youth. Yeah, I am teaching the youth. Uh, I've just started my sixth year as a professional teacher, and it has been a pretty amazing ride. It's That's definitely awesome, been. Man. Oh yeah, it's. I consider it to be the greatest job on earth, just because. Uh, well, I teach. Um, so my license is for infancy to third grade. So, like, I could, you know, work in a daycare and take care of, like, little babies. I have all that licensing. But uh, the majority of my teaching has taken place in kindergarten. Uh, When I first started, I started in a bilingual classroom. I am not bilingual at all. It was a span. It was uh, it was called Guadalupe Head Start. So very, you know, predominantly Hispanic. In fact, all my students were Hispanic. And it was really cool because um, I had a full-time aide who uh, spoke Spanish fluently. And so, like, every Monday and Wednesday was the Spanish days where they tried to have the staff only speak Spanish. And um, – which I thought was really cool. Did and you pick like, much up? But... Yeah, I did. In fact, I even took a class um, on it, which was a lot of fun that I took with the staff, but like if the kids spoke to you in English, you could speak back in English and it was just a lot of fun. It was a really cool place to get my feet wet. And, you know, it was awesome because, uh, for head start, you have to, um, you have to do four parent contacts. You have to do two at the school and then you have to do two home visits. So you actually have to go out and drive to their house, you know, and, I'm right out of college. Well, at this time I was, uh, I was like 28. I didn't go to college till later. And, um, you know, I would go, I, I, you know, eat a nice breakfast at home, go on these home visits. And like the first time I went on home visits, you know, like, Oh, you know, are you hungry? I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I just ate. And like, they weren't upset. Like they weren't mad, but you could just see disappointment. And I'm like, Oh, you know, so we get back from like the first day of home visits and my 
my aide says, yeah, you know, um, some of these people, like, their pride and joy is their cooking. And they might take it offensive or hurt feelings if you don't eat. So I'm like, oh, oh you know, like, I, I, I felt terrible. I didn't want people to think I was being, you know, a snob or like, oh, I don't want to eat your food. I've never eaten. I gained 30 pounds in my first year of teaching. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm talking and, you know, I'm finding out these people like, you know, these parents or grandmas, family members, they're like making like huge dinners where they're just like sitting there all night cooking. And like they invite all the family over like, oh, it was it was so cool. You know, just to go into like someone else's house and sit down, eat with them. Because I think you can learn a lot by someone through eating. I don't know if that makes sense. But, you know, you totally get how comfortable they are. Like you get to see them on their home court advantage, literally. And it was, oh, it was so much fun. I, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I don't I'm not a big Mexican food fan. But then again, all my Mexican, you know, my Mexican food came from Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm eating uh, tamales that are fresh out of the husk, you know. Uh, oh, it was so good! Burritos, empanadas, uh, deep fried ice cream. It was amazing. Oh, it sounds awesome. Oh, that was so much fun, and you know, you really get to know the family. Like you really, you really become partners because that's what we want. We want to be partners with them, and. So I did that and I, I, uh, at the time I just got married and, uh, I, you know, you say you don't get in, you definitely don't get into teaching for the money and that's not a knock. Like I'm not saying that at all, but like I was making, I started off making 28 grand there and I'm like, this is a cool job, but I can't, I can't, I can't start a family on this. So then I moved to the district of my city and, um, I got put in a K4 classroom and it was it was so much fun because you know the kids they have this like just pure innocence about them like a lot of them if they're being like mischievous it's not because they want to be you know they're just you know they just got to figure it out they got to learn and learn by doing and I love hands-on activities I love doing that kind of stuff um so my first principle was like you know um we have a pretty big class size with kindergarten with K four. We're going to need, you know, like three K five teachers. She's like, do you want to take your class to K five? I'm like, yeah, well, I ended up taking that class. I started with all the way to second grade last year. Oh, cool. And, oh, it was so awesome. Like it makes the first day of school so easy, you know, like, especially like in second grade, like they knew me, I knew them like, Everyone's in the hallway practicing walking and here we are like already doing subtraction and addition and, you know, getting a clear cut. So it was really cool. I made some, you know, I got a lot of the parents cell phone numbers. We talk daily almost. It's just so it's going to be kind of sad because I'm staying in second grade to like not have them. You know, I've had them for four years and now like my babies are going to somebody else or to like other different teachers. And it's it's scary, but it's like I'm so I'm so proud of them. I can't wait because our school that I'm at uh, goes from K3 to fifth grade. So they'll be here for another three years and then they go off to middle school. 
Oh, well, at least just so I get to see them around. But yeah, I, I can totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you spend that much time with all those kids. Yeah, that would be a sense of loss, man. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and it's funny. My friends call me Mr. Feeney because I've gone to every grade with them. They're like, <laughs> are you going to? Are you going to go to high school and like become a college professor? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, and when I interviewed, because uh, the school I went to, the college I went to had a very urban, um, you know, they had a very, they really wanted to prepare you for the urban environments. And, you know, statistics say that like a lot, like a lot of, a lot of the families in my district uh come from single parent families especially single mother families and i remember i had a come to jesus meeting with one of my professors who's a very dear friend of mine now and you know we're talking it's like you know i i want to be that guy for these kids so i said that in the interview and then i said uh the the principal that hired me told me the thing that got them that that really made me stand out was i said they're like so, you know, what is it about like five-year-olds? I said, cause I have the mind of a five-year-old, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm all about playing games, watching cartoons and, you know, especially in kindergarten and, uh, you know, the kindergarten classes, like it's all about like reading. You want to get kids to love reading. It's like, there are so many amazing illustrators and kids book writers out there that like it's just so many amazing books to choose from and you get to turn into like you know in kindergarten as a teacher you get to be everybody when you're reading a book you get to be the pirate you get to be the princess you get to be the explorer you know you get to put on a show for these kids and it's just so much fun like you just get to completely go out of your uh comfort zone and it's so cool when you get kids into that with you. You know, it, 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 it's like a, it's like an adrenaline rush. It's just, it's like, it's like my fix. You know, like just connecting with them, seeing them get into it. It's, it, it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, I think I know what you mean there. I mean, like I am, I am not weirder around anybody more than I am with my kids. Yeah, and you know, mostly it's to make. Because I want to see them laugh, roll their eyes, whatever. I just want to get a yeah. reaction out of them. Yeah. And then what's more is then I see them being weird also, and then it just makes my heart happy. Because it's like, yeah, just go out and do your thing, and you know, eventually the outside world's going to try and crush you down, and we'll deal with that when it happens. But for right now, you're you're such an individual, and I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, to see them turn into their, you know, especially. With my journey right now, like I've seen these kids like grow drastically, like it's been so fun to like be with the same kid and just see them, you know, growing up in front of your eyes and becoming like an individual that's going to be in our society. You know, it's 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 really fun. It's it's a real fun ride. What was um, what was like the biggest like shock to you getting into teaching that you didn't see coming? Uh, the first, okay, this is, I almost quit school because, um, you know, when you, when, when you first want to become a teacher at our college, um, before you do like any the like any, any classes, like any, any theory, any practice classes, they, they put you in a classroom 
you know, you don't have to do anything. You just have to go there and you got to watch, you know, and of course, like, you know, me, I'm jumping in right away, helping the teacher out. And, you know, I'm sitting there, uh, you know, I grew up in a all, you know, I, I, I grew up in a very blue collar home. You know, I really didn't, my big concern when I was five or six was like, is shredder finally going to get the Ninja turtles, <laughs> you know? So that's, so that's my childhood, you know? And, you know, I'm like, when I started, uh, college, I was, like I said, 28 or 20, 25 at the time. Cause I finished when I was almost 30. And, um, I'm at this, I'm, I'm at this place. I'm at this school and this kid's telling me, he's like, yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. I, you know, I, I was totally scared. I'm like, oh, what were you scared of? He's like the boogeyman. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, dude, the boogeyman. He's, you know, creepy. You, you know, you think he lives in your closet, but he doesn't. And this kid says, no, he he comes by every night in front of my window. He has an eagle's hat on and he talks to people and he yells at them or he's mean to people. And he, you know, you know, totally getting the you know, totally getting the impression that it's like, you know, like a really bad dude, like, uh, you know, like almost like a drug dealer type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me like my boogeyman was just a made up thing. Like this kid, this boogeyman is a real fucking guy in this kid's life that he sees that he's legitimately afraid of. And I was, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about this. I, you know, you can give me all the classes about like good teaching, but man, when something real like that hits you, if it, it fucking hits you, it breaks your heart. Like, and I was like, I, there's no way I can connect to these kids. Like, like these kids aren't kids. Like they're, they're freaking, you know, I, I never had to worry about like a meal or anything. Like a lot of these kids are like raising, you know, their brothers and sisters just because they're, you know, their mom or their dad or their parents are like working, you know, second and third shift just to, you know, just to provide a house, you know, like, and I was like, oh man, dude, that is just like, it got real, it got real quick. Yeah. And to know, yeah. And to know like, you know, that this isn't the first time this is going to happen, especially in teaching. Cause you see heartbreaking stuff. So I was really, I was, I talked to my friend Lori who was a professor and I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't do this. And then she, and then she told me, she said, uh, you know, I want you to keep a journal and give me five things every day. That's awesome. And then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is for me. This is for me. Cause it was kind of like, I don't know if it was a responsibility of having to deal with that, that scared me, but just the fact that like, I, my childhood was never like that at all. Like I didn't have that. I didn't have that actual real threat, you know, and the fact that he's being labeled as the boogeyman, you know, by like his mom, you know, like the mom calls him the boogeyman because she doesn't want that for the kid, mm-hmm. you know, like she doesn't want that at all for the kid. And it's a real thing for him. Like the boogeyman is an actual real person. And it just terrified me. Yeah, you know, was, man, that's, that's real. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Oh shit. I love how your friend, um, you know, kind of showed you how to look at the bright side of it. Yeah. Because I bet if you were writing down everything that made you happy, you know, most days you'd probably be able to come up with a hell of a lot more than five. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. And that's the thing. Like, I was coming up with like 30 a day. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is this is for me. Like, this is this is something I want to do. I want to, you know, I want to help anybody in this kind of situation, whether it's parents or students or, you know, just anybody like, you know, want to, at least in my classroom, I want, I, I want them to be kids. I want them to like, have, you know, like have fun, play, like, you know, we can learn and play at the same time. But when you're in my classroom, let's, let's try to, I don't want to say forget it. Cause it's a part of them, but you know, like create that safe space and, at my school, all of us there are, you know, we're, we're just committed to that. And it's, it's deep, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really cool. You know, especially yeah, when you cool. see them. Yeah. Especially when you see the kids like start to thrive and, you know, get to be themselves. It's, it's, it's really cool. Like there's a lot of sad stories, but for every sad story, there's, you know, a hundred good ones. And that's, you know, that's, that's been going on ever since. Cause then the moment that I really fell in love with teaching was, uh, I was a student teacher. So when you do student teaching, um, you, you do four years of, uh, the classes and you do field work, you go tell her schools and you're like kind of on the back burner. You're not really, you know, you got to plan a couple lessons and whatnot, but you're not in charge of the whole day-to-day thing. But when you're student teaching, you go in and for two weeks, you just take it in. And then for uh, eight weeks, you become the teacher. Of course, the teacher in the classroom stays in there and she's going to back you up and, you know, you're going to learn a lot from them. So for student teaching, I really got to uh, this, oh, this family this girl, her name was uh, Faith and her mom was the nicest lady. And, you know, like, you know, they were struggling. But, um, you know, I start to find out towards uh, the end of my student teaching that semester that Faith's mom had uh, terminal cancer. And I'm like, wow, like, this is crazy because I fell in love with Faith. And, you know, uh, there's this really cool thing I like to do that I've done ever since um, I keep a memory string. And what I do is I, I found this amazing book called the memory string. And what it is, is this girl, um, she, she has a memory. She has like a string full of buttons and each button is from someone important in her life. And um, so in the story, her mom has passed away and, uh, her dad was an army soldier and she had this, but she, she had the button from his jacket on the string and the artwork's amazing in this book. Um, well, she's playing with it outside and her cat. Well, Oh, I'm sorry. The, the dad remarried after mom died, like a couple years after. And the daughter just is not a big fan of the mom. Not, not that the mom is like mean or anything, but you know, like she's five years old and it's, it's a replacement. You know, she wants her, she wants a real mom and you know, no one will, no one will take that away from her. So she's outside with this string full of buttons. You know, she's got a button from her mom's wedding dress and well, 
the family cat's outside and gets frightened or whatever and breaks the memory string and all the buttons go in the yard. So she's looking for all of them and she finds all of them except for the button on her dad's uh, jacket. And, um, you know, the girl is just upset. She's been looking all day, all, all day for this button and it's nighttime and she's got to go to bed. Well, the mom and the dad are downstairs talking and, you know, he's like, he's like, no, like, you know, like she, she you know, she's going to fall asleep. I can go upstairs. I got the jacket. I'll cut one off. I'll put it on. She'll never know. And the mom, your stepmom goes, no, she goes, no, because that's not the original. Uh-huh. That's, that's not the original, like. Like, that's a memory she needs to have. She needs to have the original button. So the mom says, you know, or the stepmom is like, screw this. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to look for this thing. And, um, you know, the five-year-old hears this whole conversation. Well, the, you know, the stepmother goes out, finds it. And uh, the dad's like, no, you know, like, she's going to love you. She's going to love you. And um, the stepmom's like, no. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it like where it's visible because, you know, I want her to find that memory again. So the, so the girl comes downstairs the next morning and she, uh, and she hears, you know, like she goes outside, she, she finds it right away. She comes back in and the dad's at work and the stepmom's like, oh, I'm so glad you found it. You're, you know, she puts it on she goes, you know, your memory string is finished. And the girl goes, no, it's not. She goes, I need my mom's button on. And she pulls out a scissors and cuts a button off of the stepmom's shirt and puts it on the string. And that's how it ends. Aww. Oh, dude, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. So. So towards the end of my student teaching, I send out a letter that I'm going to do my first button string or my, my first memory string. And if everyone can bring a button in, you know, and I'm expecting these kids to just find a random button. You know, and, and and these kids are bringing in buttons, and they're telling me like this is from the this is from uh, what I was baptized in, or this is when I lost my first tooth. And I'm sitting there like my eyes are just welling up, like I'm like this is this is really this is really cool. So Faith Faith's mom comes, she goes, oh I forgot a button, I forgot a button. I'm like oh you know like. I leave at the end of the day, like, you know, my, my, my last time is here. Like you can either bring it at the end of the day. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to bring it at the end of the day. So face my faith's mom comes and she's got a bandana on. She always used to have the hair, you know, like a wig on and she's got the bandana on. She's got this real tight shirt on just this real tight shirt on. And she's like, you know, I didn't forget about you. I'm like, oh, oh. And she goes, do you have a scissors? I'm like, yeah. And she says, you know, I was wearing this shirt when my water broke with faith. And then she cuts the button off and she goes, please don't forget about us. And puts wow. the bu- puts the button on and I just I turn into a puddle. <laughs> I turn into a puddle. Yeah. And then and then I got word a couple months later that she passed. <clears throat> oh man. And that was just, I mean, you know, that's when I realized that parents aren't like a thing of contention in teaching. They're like your partner, they're your teammate. 
And I was just like, wow, you know, you know, as, as a teacher, you know, you see these movies like dangerous minds and the blind side and you're like, I'm going to change this kid's life. <laughs> but, but no, 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 it's, it's you who gets changed. Oh, I'd imagine that I oh. giggled there because those movies all follow the same formula. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made me think of that bill burr bit Did you ever see that no no i haven't seen that he's like when are they gonna stop making that fucking movie yeah <laughs> yeah no you know like you you go in you save a kid but no you in a lot of ways you get saved and i know that sounds real cheesy but like i don't know it, it, it's just so humbling you know like this you know you know this lady's passing away and you know she loves her daughter so much and it's just like i'll always you know it's it's this big diamond you know this big like cubic zirconia diamond button string or this button and now i've got i've got just like a hundred a hundred buttons hanging up in my classroom oh that's so cool yeah it's 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 a lot of it's uh that book is so great Man, it is. Oh, it's so great. That that'd make me well up every time I'd look at that button. Oh man, and and especially like if I'm like if, if I get mad about like something stupid about like another teacher, it's so cool because it's hanging above my desk, and I just like look up and I'm like, oh okay, this is what it's about, you know, like oh, it's my that's little awesome. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely that's one of my favorite moments of teaching, hands down. Oh man! Thank goodness for teachers like you. Oh no 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 no! It's, it's, it's... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but but seriously, dude. Like when I was in third grade, I had a teacher that was just absolutely horrible to me, and that was like a a turning point in my school. Like I never really got in trouble or anything up until that point, and then I had a teacher that was just really cruel to me all the time. And then fourth grade, it was you know lots more acting out and and stuff like that, and I think that was yeah. a turning point for me. But man, and it's, no, it's cool to like, it's really inspiring to hear you talk about it. Oh, it's yeah. It's just, it's, you know, it's, I don't, it's, I'm having a hard time. Like I'm, I'm thinking about it right now and I'm kind of starting to tear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know, dude. like, no, 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 no. You're as good. You're as good as your, your, you know, your team. And, you know, like the families are a big part of that. So, you know, if you get a parent that's on the same page as you, like you can definitely work some magic with this kid and it come and, and, and it's the kid that's doing 90 percent of the work. You know, yeah. the parents are doing like eight and I'm trying to do two. So it's it, it it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And. Uh, so. I, I, I first started as um, my, my first job in high school. I was a cake cutter at a Greek restaurant and, you know, a cake I, cutter, a cake cutter. Like I was just like a little teenager that worked in the cake case. And when waitresses came up, oh, cause our restaurant gotcha. always gave like free, free dessert with a meal. So they come up like on a Saturday night when we're busy and just give me orders of desserts to either plate up or box up to go. And I worked my way up to the manager and I did like third shift and I'm thinking like, yeah, this is the life, dude. I'm getting paid under the table. You know, like they're not, I'm not getting a check. They're just giving me cash. And, oh, shit. You, know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like 20 
I'm like 20 at the time. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I'm working with waitresses and, you know, we're all like the same age, you know, we're, we're having fun and, and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, that at that time, that was my end game. You know, I'm an Irish kid in a Greek restaurant thinking I'm going to own this restaurant. Like, no, that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> so I, you know, my mom was pressuring me. My mom and dad were pressuring me to go back to school and, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm having fun. You know, I'm going to continue taking a couple years off. And then, uh, so my dad was, uh, my dad was a fireman for the city we live in. And he just retired at that point. And, um, him and my mom were going to see that Nicolas Cage movie, World Trade Center or whatever. And my mom, like my mom, I really don't mean to get super deep if I do. Oh, no, that's OK, man. <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom starts to seizure out in the car. And my dad's like freaking out. And, you know, he was cool and calm under it. And instead of taking her to the hospital, he took her to the fire department that was right by our house. And they like, you know, they revived her and they got her an ambulance and they got her to the hospital. And uh, what happened? She had three brain aneurysms rupture. This was a Friday night. She had three brain aneurysms rupture. She was still, you know, she was still kicking, but she was just out of it. And, uh, you know, like when an aneurysm pops in your brain, it it like your, that part of your brain just swells up. Like you could see like it pushing through her skull. It was crazy. It was fucking nuts. And so this was a Friday night and they're like, you know, um, you know, like we can't do surgery until Tuesday. We don't know if there's any more in there. We're going to run her through CAT scans. They're like, but it doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look good at all. They said there's a, you know, there's like an 80% chance she could die before surgery if she makes the surgery, she could die during surgery or she could just be a different person after surgery. Uh, like, OK, like, you know, let's just let's just get there. And uh, so like my mom was, you know, my mom was the boss of the house. She was a secretary for the city I work in now. But um, so my dad's like, oh, my God, you know, and all of our family lives in Minnesota. So they're all on their way. And my dad's freaking out. You know, he's like, oh, man, dude, I don't know where the stuff for the bills are. I don't know where all this shit is. And I'm like, dude, just, you know, relax, relax. Well, uh, on Monday morning, he was at the hospital and uh, he was he was freaking out. And what happened was he had a massive heart attack right next to my mom. And he died as he had this heart attack. He just oh, just passed. No. Yeah, he just passed away right there. And this was the this was the day before the surgery. So, you know, they're all they call me in. I'm uh, this is 10 years ago. So I'm I'm 22 at the time. And, uh, you know, they're like, OK, like he passed away. And I'm like, ah, no, I think you mean my mom. I'm like, no, no, your dad. I'm like, oh, shit. So we get there and we're like, you know, like this could crush your mom because she is kind of alert. You know, she's going to ask questions i said well why don't we do this why don't we just like say because she's always sleeping you know when she wakes up like oh he just he just went out you know we'll tell her after the surgery because we don't want to crush her soul after the surgery or before the surgery you know give her something even more where we thought she could have a heart attack with this kind of news sure so i'm i i make the call to not tell her for monday and um 
I was at the hospital all weekend and with my uh, girlfriend who became my fiance, who's now my wife. And um, I said, I just need to get out for a second. Like we need to go to the mall, you know, just for like an hour. We just need to get to the mall and do something just to get the mind off. And I get a phone call and they're like, do you, does, does your mom go to church? I'm like, yeah. She, they're like, uh, does she have a pastor? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, then we're going to call the pastor and we suggest you get here now. And I'm like, oh, God, like what, what now? We get there and they're like, you know, your mom has been up all day and she keeps asking for your dad. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I think we should tell her. And we're in this little room, like 10 of us, all the nurses, all the doctors and they're like, yeah, we're going to go tell her. We're going to have the pastor tell her. And I said, no, 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 no. I go, I, 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 I get what you're trying to do. Like, I know you're like trying to look out for me right now. I said, but if anyone's going to tell my mom, it's going to be me. And you're like, okay. And then my pastor puts his arm on my shoulder and I go, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and then I look at him, I go, I'm really sorry. And the pastor goes, it's fucking okay. wow so so i go in there and you know my mom's like oh polly i'm like yeah yeah she's like where's your dad i said well i said you know something happened she's like what i'm like well mom uh you know dad was so taken away from this that uh you know he he totally you know like he, he was so worried about you that that uh he ended up having a heart attack and he passed away and she sits up in her bed and she looks at me and then, uh, I'm sitting there trying not to cry. So, you know, everyone's like, you gotta be strong. And she puts her hand on me and she goes, we're going to make it through this. And I said, yeah, we are. We're going to kick that air as vast. And she goes, and you're getting out of that restaurant and you're going out of, you're going back to school when I come out. I'm like, you got a deal. You know, you got, you got a deal. And, uh, so we have the surgery on Tuesday. It was like 12 hours. And I can say she made 100% recovery. She's totally fine now. Like, same person, everything. Wow. And, yeah, so I went back to school. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm, I'm not just going to take, like, film courses or, like, you know, filler. And I'm like, you know, like, I, I really want to give teaching a try. And then I... I I quit the restaurant, but I took a year off because she she wasn't even able to get out of the hospital until like six months later. Like she wasn't even able to like bury my dad. She couldn't even go to the funeral. So I had to plan that whole thing. But yeah, so that's what really, you know, like my mom can fucking do this. Like I can go to college for four years and get a degree and make something. And yeah, that was that was what really got me to get into education too was you know to see that 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 human spirit fight and that was yeah it was a really crazy week it was definitely a really crazy week that week but uh, like i said she she made 100 percent recovery uh my girlfriend and i got real close through all that she was there for me the whole time and we got married uh, about four years later Wow, man, that is that is an incredible story, Paul. And like, like towards the end of that, I was like totally teared up. 
Like I was not saying anything because I wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> oh no, like, no, wow, man. Yeah, that was that was uh, yeah. Like I said, it was a crazy week. Like, and I wasn't even able to process it until like my mom got out of the hospital, and I'm sitting there watching Cool Runnings because I didn't even like. I'm like, oh, I'm a dick. I'm not even crying at my uh, dad's funeral. And then all of a sudden, at the end of Cool Runnings, it all just comes out. Oh. It all just fucking comes out. How weird is that? <laughs> fucking Cool Runnings of all movies. Yeah, but then, like, and, and I think it was cool because my mom was the one that was there and was able to console me. Like, it was just, it was a really, yeah, I, I love my mom. She's she's my Wonder Woman. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, 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 so yeah i promised that would tie into teaching and that's kind of what got me to be into it for sure for sure and um and during that time like you know i had a really cool boss at the restaurant that really stepped up and became like you know a figure but that's when i really got into comics and that's when that's like it's gonna sound so cheesy but like for a while like dude batman was my dad you know what I mean? Like, like I'm sitting there reading these comics and I'm getting so into it. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm learning like a lot of shit from Batman. So like, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, you know, like Batman's my dad. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I fell in love with Batman. I mean, I, I always had a love for Batman, but that's when I really got in to the fucking like long Halloween and hush and uh the killing or uh, the killing joke and death in the family and that's when i just that's when i became a like a, a true bonafide batman fan and my dad was always a fan of the 66 show so every year on the anniversary i get the newest batman comic have a have a shot of whiskey cuz he's a, he's in um he's in the wisconsin veterans uh cemetery so we go there and, you know, they got the flags up. It's, it, it's just super cool. Like, I'll go there, just read a comic book from time to time and, you know, have a couple shots. And, yeah, so that's that's really where my love of comics came in because I was always at the hospital. You know, when my mom was sleeping, I'd go in, like, you know, and I got to say, like, at St. Luke's, Milwaukee, they got the best staff. Like, I'm I'm lifelong friends with all of her nurses, like the doctors, like it just, you know, like, like something really shitty happened, but like a lot of good came from it too. Like I got, you know, I got to meet some awesome people. I got really close with my girlfriend. I got real close with my mom. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of awesome stuff. And that's where I truly fell in love with comics, uh, again, whereas, you know, reading the Avengers and Batman and, and then when college came, I kind of fell off and then, when I became a teacher, I really got back into it again. And then that's when I fell in love with image and, um, IDW and all the independent publishers. Cause I'm like, Holy shit, dude, they make like R rated comic books. This is fucking yeah. amazing. This is, this is great. Yeah, dude, my, my foray into, well, see, I started off with all those Batman trades and then I was listening to Joe Schmo comic show and they were talking about DC universe rebirth and it sounded yeah. awesome. Oh Yeah. And so I went and picked that up, and then, let's see, then I jumped in on the the Flash right away, since that story really centered around Wally West, and then, you know, everything yeah. with Barry Allen at the end, I was like, I gotta know what's going on with this. And 
And then I got on to a whole, like at first my, my pull list was almost all DC and there was like one or two Marvel books on it. Okay. And then, uh, 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 Jordan, my, my, um, you know, from the comic cast and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, Supercast, he got me to read saga and that blew my oh. fucking mind. That's the one that got me. That's the one that got me because I went into our comic book shop. I said, I need something like I need something not normal. Like I need fucking I, I like, you know, I need like the cosmic. I need like great art. And the guy's like, dude, this new book came out called Saga. And I'm like, oh, OK. And I I open it up and I'm fucking, you know, that first scene of Marco delivering the baby. I'm fucking in. In the first page, and Fiona Staples, Jesus Christ, she yeah, her art oh, is so incredible. Oh my God! So I started reading that in 2013, and when I started reading that, my wife was pregnant with um with our daughter, and for the longest time, you know, when we were younger, we'd always talk about if we had a daughter, we would name we would name her Ariel, you know, because it's a strong Irish name and. Amanda loves uh, my wife. Amanda loves loved the movie The Little Mermaid. Well, about the time Amanda was five months pregnant with with our daughter, um, you know, like we went, we bought like all the letters to spell it out. We painted it. We had it hanging up in the nursery. Ariel. Well, then one day I think it was in Ohio with that case where. That like those girls were found in that dude's basement that he had for like 15 years and got her pregnant and, you know, oh, against yeah. her will. And his name was Ariel Castro. Mm-hmm. And we're like, fuck this. And the man's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then I pick up Saga and I'm reading it. And, you know, like Marco and Alana are just reminding me all about like Amanda and I starting out. And, you know, and I love that that saga is narrated by their daughter, Hazel. And um, there's this panel where he's like, you know, we didn't have much, but we had hope. Or, you know, she's saying like they didn't have much, but they had hope. And then the next panel is she says, my name is Hazel. And I go, Amanda, I got the name. And I, I gave her the comic book and she's like, oh, my God, this is this is fucking awesome. And then she's reading a couple more issues. She goes, what do you think of the name? What do you think of the middle name Isabel? I go, you mean of like that fucking awesome like spirit? She's like, yeah, I'm like sold, sold. So, yeah, we welcomed Hazel Isabel into our life on July 13th. That is so incredible. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like it was awesome because what we did was we sent in a letter and I I forgot like I, I never sent a letter to, you know, the back to be, you know, read or whatever, not thinking anything. And I did, we sent a picture. We have this awesome, the photographer took this picture of my daughter laying on the comic that says, my name is Hazel. And, uh, we sent it to the comic, but I didn't put, uh, okay to publish. Well, they, they, in, uh, issue 15, they, um, published our letter and um brian k vaughn actually responded and he what he said was he's like first off i have to say fuck all of you people with your lying cat tattoos this couple 
named their offspring after our <laughs> after a creation made in like the deep <laughs> recesses of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so we were. I, I read. I'm like, oh my god, Amanda, look at this. So yeah, we got that hanging up. It's well, not where a lot of people can see it because it's pretty. His response is pretty vulgar, which is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and then that made me fall in love with Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, I went and I said, I need more of this guy. And I bought the whole series of uh, Why the Last Man, which is amazing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, have you read Why the Last Man? I haven't read it yet, but it's on my Amazon list. Okay. But the the only reason I haven't gotten it yet is because it's one of the more expensive books on that list. Yeah, and and I tend to just <laughs> I tend to just go for the le- like the cheaper ones because oh, like, well, if I can sure. get two books for the price of this one book, then and so there's so many trades that have just been on there for a long time that I do need to just quit being frugal and just freaking buy it because i've heard from so many people that that's an excellent title oh it's so good and um like i love it because i'm a huge shakespeare fan i love like i love romeo and juliet which is probably why i love saga because it's like the ultimate romeo and juliet story you know two two different people that just aren't supposed to be together but yet they find their way to each other and they make beautiful stuff happen and um why the last man a lot of the characters are named after shakespearean characters which i love so i'm like yeah dude i love brian k vaughn and then it made me pick up the runaways and oh uh his marvel run about the kids of super villains and i'm like god this is amazing and then that got me more into the superhero books because i wanted to learn more about the world they were in so i caught up with like the age of ultron and all that shit and but uh yeah, Saga is my absolute number one favorite, but then I fell in love with my number two favorite, which is Lock and Key by uh, Joe Hill, who is actually Stephen King's son. And, uh, oh, that series. I've, like, on a rainy day, I'll just pull that out because it's like, I love a good horror story. And that's what this is. It's like, it's essentially a haunted house kind of thing. Oh, cool. And it's just, yeah, like, um, it, it, like they have this gigantic Victorian house and the house of itself is a character. And I just love when they do that kind of stuff. And it's like in the house, there are like all these magical keys that can do really cool stuff and they can just do fucking crazy shit. Like they have a head key where you can like open up your brain and actually pick out bad memories and take them out and you'll forget about them. Uh, they have like a, they have a key that can turn you into a giant, you know, there's this mirror that allows you to change into like whatever you want to be. Like, it's just, it's, you know, and there's evil forces at work behind this. And it's, it's, it's a mystery that goes all the way back to like the 1800s. And, you know, the series ended, I want to say about three years ago, but like every once in a while, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez will put out some one shots that still stay in this realm and some are very scary and some will just have you fucking crying. That's awesome. At the end. Oh, I, yeah, I recommend it. That is, that is such a good series. I've got that one on my list too. I was, I was thinking it might've been the guys from Joe Schmo telling me about that book. Okay. But yeah, I know for sure. I remember somebody telling me about it and, and it's on my list. 
Yeah, and they're re-releasing them like in like these huge, beautiful hardcovers that like have like all their deleted scenes and like their personal stories about it and and then like I didn't even know Joe Hill, so I like I, I researched him and I'm like, holy shit, dude, he's Stephen King's son. Like this is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's kind of cool that he's using the pen name too, so he's not trying to cash in on his dad's name. Yeah, and and he goes into that in one of the like in one of his like scripts or like one of his letters that he was writing, like he kept a diary while he was writing the series. So because a lot of it has to do with like father and sons and, you know, it was just really cool. Like, oh, it's so good. You, you, you got to check it out. It's amazing. Hell yeah, man. Oh, so good. And the art, the art is just second to none. Second to none. Yeah, recently I've just I like I don't even remember the last time I bought a trade on Amazon. It's been so long because I've just been buying like mostly back issues of stuff on eBay lately. Okay. And uh actually, yeah, just today I got in a uh saga lot. And so it was twenty twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and eighteen. And the, mm. the cover on eighteen is uh it's a close up of Lion Cat. Yes. Oh dude, I'm gonna frame that book. Um, the one I have framed is, uh, issue eight where, uh, Lana is sitting on the jet of a plane. Yes. Oh, I have that God. on my wallpaper. I have, uh, uh, Me too. <laughs> a folder on the wallpaper on my computer. That's all these different screen captures. Yeah. Uh, from books. And I got that one in there. It was just up a little bit ago. <laughs> that is my all time favorite comic, uh, comic cover. And in fact, um, my shop for their open sign is Lana reading. It, it, it's that cover. Oh, cool. Uh, it's so, oh, man. And that, oh, God, dude. Uh, I, I got to read the new issue today, but Jesus Christ, man. You know, I know, like, everyone's like, oh, it's the greatest book of all time. It really is. It It, it really fucking is. Like, what they do and the world building Vaughn and Staples have created is just... It's just it's like you're it's like you're seeing magic happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's taking place in space with all these different alien races. But in the end, it is completely relatable to. Oh, it's got like a like, huge human element to it. Yeah. And, and like with in even if you somehow can't relate to Marco and Alana, there's so many different side characters that you can relate to in some oh, way or God. another. But when it really comes down to it. You're you're just reading a story about a couple that is like, you know, a burgeoning family that's trying to survive in a world that does not want them together. No. And oh it, and like what you were saying with Fiona Staples art <coughs> and it, it is an incredible book. And, yeah. And like what he can do with characters, like you can hate one character and all of a sudden you're like, Jesus Christ. Like like uh I don't know if this is gonna be too much of a spoiler, but like I hated Prince Robot, and now I fucking love the guy. Like that I was just, the ex- exact same example that I was gonna give Paul. I fucking like. <laughs> I know I, I love him, him. Now too. Oh my god, dude! Because there's so much to him, uh-huh. you know. Like oh my, and and just the like, just like you know, just just shit that pops up on his uh, TV screen. Yeah, it's, I love it when, oh, he, when he's having God. thoughts and they just show up on his face. Yeah, and uh, I remember I bought like five issues of uh, Chapter 12 
which is the one that was for like a day banned on Apple or whatever because of the like I think it's the first page you open it up and on robots face is like a guy shooting a load off into another guy's mouth. And it's, really? <laughs> yeah. Like I remember that was like so controversial. I'm like, I'm going to buy five issues of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, it's so brutal. It's so, you know, heartbreaking. And yet it's so, it's so amazing. It's just, Oh, it's great. I fucking love that shit. Um, are there very many other image titles that you read? Uh, I read Southern Bastards. Um, yes! Fuck oh, yeah, dude. God, dude. It's like the rated R version of Remember the Titans, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, so, it's so good. Like, and, and that's another... Oh, Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron is fucking amazing at what he does. So, uh, like, that's another good example of hating a character and then being like, oh... I kind of I kind of see where this character is coming from. He's a complete asshole, but I kind of get it like, you know, you're just uh, and the the side characters in that story. And oh, my God, issue four. When that happened, I I didn't I, know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was I had no like I was just in shock. I was like, did they really just do this? <laughs> like, I'm like, so oh, he's good. like, oh, he's coming back. No, 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 he's not like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that just leads to, you know, the great story we got going on with, you know, the girl and yeah. Um, God, I forget the name. Um, what the fuck was it? Was it uh, the Manhattan projects? I fucking got into that by Jonathan Hickman from Image and oh, East okay. of West. And um I've heard East of West is good. I haven't read it yet. East of West is great. Uh I got into that. I got into um you know, like the the Grizzly Shark and all that fun stuff that Image did. <laughs> Grizzly Shark, I never heard of that one. Oh, it it's just like shirtless bear fighter. Oh, I'd love it then. <laughs> it's just like because you got like a oh it's I'm not even gonna give anything away it's just it's off the wall craziness and fucking shirtless bear fighter I read that last night holy fuck have you read all three of them that are out I read all three of them <laughs> dude the, the book makes me so happy like I I can't even explain it any other way I the, like the humor in it it's like it was written just for me oh it's so good. The whole montage of him going around the world fighting bears. Yes. <laughs> and when he's like fighting the Care Bears, I'm like, oh, okay. And then you turn the page and he's fighting the Chicago Bears and like the Bears of San Francisco. And it's a <laughs> bunch of fat dudes in thongs. <laughs> and he's got the he's got the bear plane. <laughs> it's so fucking silly. And and oh, I, I I died when he comes out for the first time, and they have his junk censored all the way to his knee. Yeah, so it's <laughs> pixelated, and like while he's walking, you can see it swinging, so the pixelation's like going across his thigh and like out into the background. And it's like as long as like his shin, it's like to his shin. It's like, freaking huge. It, and it was that big when he was born. It shows him when he was born, and he had a full beard, and the dick is like the size of one of his legs. <laughs> and they're like at age nine and he's like a fully grown guy like juggling bears like what is this shit <laughs> oh, but that's that's dude that's what's fucking awesome about comic books man like 
Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, you know, I fucking I fucking credit comic books for putting a man on the moon. You know, like it's it's the thing that like can drive us sometimes to see what's out there. Like, you know, like how far can our imagination go? Like, you know, back in the 60s, we're seeing awesome cosmic stuff of, you know, Jack Kirby and all that fun stuff. And, you know, next thing you know, like we got guys on the moon. You know, like, it's just part of finding out what's in that great big unknown. Like, it's just, and now we got, you know, we have access to, like, web comics and all these fucking awesome, you know, there's hundreds of great authors and illustrators out there that are really getting a chance to shine now. And, you know, like, there is, you know, I, I love when someone says I'm not into comic books. Oh, you know what? Go fucking find one because there's one for anybody. There really is. There's one for everybody. I totally agree with that, man. Like with with the variety of different titles I read right now, that is absolutely true. Yeah. And oh god, but he's, so my pull list mostly started off with DC and just sprinkling Marvel. No image. Now like the the vast majority of it is image books. Image, yeah. And like I yeah. cut them down so I I don't have any Marvel on my pull list, and I've got I think three DC titles, and then two more if you count ones that are actually imprints that are just okay. mini series, so they're not even going to be going for much longer. Yeah, like Generations, which I read last night, it was fucking awesome. God. Damn, that Hulk one was good. And when, when I went to the oh. the comic shop today to pick up my pull list, they had one copy left of the Hulk one, or not the Hulk one, oh. the Thor one. The Hulk one was fucking oh. atrocious. The Thor one, <laughs> yeah, the Thor I, one. I love Thor. I that's one character I fell in love with when I got back into comics because I really started going every Wednesday when I started teaching, and you know, like I. I I would put a ton on my desk to read like at lunch break or after school. And then it kind of turned into, you know, the kids like, Oh, what's that? What's that? You know? And then that's where I really, that's where I really started putting them into the classroom. So that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. How did the kids uh, react to that? Was uh, it, like, immediately successful or were they somewhere like, what the hell is this? Well, so, you know, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't like, you know, just start throwing saga in well, a kindergarten no. <laughs> classroom. So you pretty much take image off the table for the children. That's what yes. I've told my boys. I'm like, do you see this little eye? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, don't That's, read anything no, no. with an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not till you're older. <laughs> yeah, no, so I started to do like a lot of research on comics to, to use in the classroom. And that was right around the time where Miles Morales was hitting fever pitch. And I remember it was so cool because I'm reading it to him. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. Like, I'm just going to just read this, you know, because a lot of times, you know, like you do a lesson and it gets kind of boring and shit. So, like, I'm reading it and all of a sudden they're like, that's not Spider-Man. I'm like, no, this is a new Spider-Man. And one kid gets up. He goes, he's black. <laughs> and, like, they were, like, so into it. Like, that's awesome. They were so into it. So then um, and I don't want my girl. I. I, like I, I didn't want to leave my girls out. So, you know, the first thing I bought was like my little pony friendship is magic. And I'm like, okay, you, you know, whatever. But there's this amazing series out there called princeless. And it's by Dennis hopeless. And it's about, it's like an African-American. It's, it's a, you know, it's a black princess. And like, it's kind of like her lot of life 
her Latin life is supposed to be there's a prince to rescue her from like, you know, a dragon. Well, she doesn't want to be rescued. She wants to be like herself. And, you know, the dragon is her best friend. And like the girls fucking fell in love with that. It's oh, it's such an amazing series. It's just like, you know, it it, it takes a young girl and like through her not wanting to go on her regular path, wanting to be, you know, she wants to be the one that goes out and saves the people. She wants to be the one doing it. She doesn't want to be the damsel in distress. And they just, they took to that. And the boys were all about it too. They just, they they thought it was so cool. And then that led into, that just led into incorporating more and more. I became like, you know, the kids were into it. I'm like, okay, because at first it just started as like, you know, I I don't want to say a time killer, but it kind of was like, you know, I just wanted to read something that I thought they would enjoy and be quiet during. So I'm like, okay, I got to actually go somewhere with this. So, you know, I really studied like uh, the state standards and all that and about like, you know, compare like the big one in kindergarten is chosen appreciation of books. And like that's a huge standard you want to hit. That means like, you know, handling a book properly, you know, reading it the correct way, which at first you're like, oh, this is easy. No, no. A lot of kids don't know how to read, you know, how to actually hold a book. So, you know, we're going through that. And with comic books, you got like a real, you know, thin paper, you know, like the easy to rip. So, like, they're already being real careful with it because I'm like, you know, that's part of my collection. And, you know, they're like touching it like it's the Holy Grail, like not trying to <laughs> rip it. So, like, it turned into that. And then it turned into like print recognition, which for kindergarten, we really got into onomatopoeias, which is a big thing they need to know, you know, the bam and the pow. So we would use those with like sight words. Sight words are words that you're just supposed to know. Like they really, you can't sound them out. It's like the and with and then, and you know, it's just words they're supposed to learn by memory. So we would do that with the onomatopoeias and it it would just turn into like, okay, well here's our sight word of the day. We're going to read a comic book. You guys are all going to have, you know, a little dry erase board and every time you see that word, raise your hand, we'll stop, we'll circle it on the smart board, and you guys write it down. So, like, it started encompassing writing and, you know, just, like, little stuff I wasn't expecting. So then uh, we got big into, you know, you know, the big thing is you want to teach about diversity. And I'm just researching. I'm like, and then it hit me. I'm like, what better fucking comic book to teach about diversity than the X-Men? So I yeah. got I got giant size X-Men, uh, the very first one by uh, Rod Claremont, uh, Chris, Chris Claremont. I'm, I'm sorry, not the guy from the leftover army. I was, <laughs> I was like, Rod's I just, holding out on me. He's freaking writing stuff. I, I just looked up on Facebook and I saw his name. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> one week on the animated backcast, I'm like talking and um I'm on the Facebook page and Ashley Garbs posted something. I'm like, so what do you think, Ashley? She's like, Rebecca's like, is Ashley on the show? I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck. (laughs) Oh, so, you know, and you got like, especially the kids fell in love with Nightcrawler in that first uh, issue because like, you know, he's like, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're so scared of me. Like, you know, the, you know, the thought bubbles 
and stuff. And then, you know, you get a team of, of, of people that society doesn't like because they're different. And it's like, you know, when you're in the inner city in like a predominantly African-American school, like it really worked for me. Like it really helped them uh, gain um, empathy skills because, you know, the big thing about kindergarten is it's not it's not a it's a huge focus on academics. But the main thing is you're trying to teach them how to act in school. And a big part of that is feelings you know, like finding your feelings, being able to express them appropriately, and then empathy. And I mean, like a lot of times in comic books, you get like the narration gutters, you know, like so you're actually in that character's mind and you're feeling what they're feeling. And then that's when I'm like, okay, I really got to start going balls to the wall with uh, comic books in the classroom. So, um, and it was cool because I did a lot of research finding really cool ones. And at that time, um, Disney, I think I think the imprint's called Disney Kingdoms, part of Marvel, where they actually are doing comic books. They're doing miniseries based off of popular rides at Disney World, and they're giving it like an origin. So their first one was Haunted Mansion, which was a little too scary for kids. We didn't read that one. And it's like a whole like it's a whole fictional background story of no, I'm sorry, uh, Seekers of the Weird. It was called Seekers of the Weird, which was based on a museum that Walt Disney wanted to put in Florida before he passed away called the Museum of the Weird. So it was about these kids with their uncle there exploring this whole like museum of the weird. Like, you know, you got like Ottomans that are running at you. You got uh, it is it, just so imaginative. But the one that I fell in love with was called Figment. And if you don't know, uh, at Epcot, you know, that ride you take with that little purple dragon, his name is Figment. So it's the origin of that dragon and his creator, Blair. And it takes place like in the industrial revolution in London and this inventors trying to create this machine to make positive energy and outcomes figment and my kids just fell in love with it because it's so beautiful and colorful and you go to all these worlds like there's this world that's a music world and like it's got flying music notes and there's this like fairy guy that is his name's fife and he's out of tune and they're teaching Fife, like, just because you're out of tune and you don't fit in with this world doesn't mean you're not going to fit in with another world. And it's just, it, it's totally geared towards kids. So with social media at our hands, I, I'm i not going to, you know, be like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, I, I, I definitely want to incorporate social media into the classroom because this is something they're going to be using through their life. So we made a Twitter page and we actually... um you know, the kids drew their own figments like I, I I had them create dragons and, you know, describe the dragon with adjectives and stuff to hit the standards. And so we tweeted um, the author or, or, or the writer, Jim Zub. I don't know if you know who Jim Zub is. Nope. OK, I'm bringing him up on Wikipedia. He's done a lot of cool. He's done a lot of great, 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 great stuff. Um Maybe if you like he 
he's done the Samurai Jack comics. He's done uh, Thunderbolts and all that. Um, okay. Well, he tweeted us back. Oh, nice. And, yeah, he tweeted us back. He's like, this is really cool. So then I tweeted from my personal account, like, you know, I'm the teacher. And he's like, dude, like, you know, if the kids have any questions or if they want to keep sending me stuff, please, you know, do it. And I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Well, so this whole year turned into us just becoming friends with Jim Zub. And he actually went on his webpage and we did like we did this really cool thing where the kids, you know, in kindergarten, they had to uh, they had to start like the writing process. So we're like, you know, where are some good questions we can ask? You know, not like because because a question for a kindergartner is, "Ooh, I have a puppy, you know, like we had we actually had to really think, you know, I had to do some, you know, digging to get them. But these kids came up with amazing questions. They're like, so you don't draw the comic book. So how does he know what to draw when you're thinking of it? So they're asking like questions about how to make comic books and like what the inspiration was, like why he chose Figment. And these are kindergarten kids. And so he actually went on his website and made this huge article about our classroom and he like posted all of the kids artwork that they did a figment and he posted their questions and it was just, it was fucking awesome. It was so cool. That is very cool. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then in first grade, we really got into, um, oddly normal, which is about, um, a witch who doesn't want to be a witch. Like she wants to be, you know, good. And, the kids were into that, but I had a student teacher, so we didn't do big into comic books because I wanted her to, you know, learn teaching and all that stuff. But we just ended up, I, you know, because like our curriculums, you know, I just signed something today that says I will not like, we all had to sign, you know, like if you're ever talking to media or social media don't put anything in a negative light on the district. <laughs> but, the, but the thing with curriculums, you know, like a curriculum is something it's, it, it's pretty much like what you have to teach based on the standards that they create and spoiler alert curriculums and standards are not created by actual teachers. They're created by, you know, like people who've done research and who've never been in a classroom. So, you know, they're using their experiences and putting it into these curriculums, you know, they're, of stuff that anti experiences. Yeah. They're, they're putting stuff in that my kids can't relate to. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, if I'm teaching about something that like a lot of these kids aren't going to do, like, what's the point? They, they don't fucking care. You know, like, it, well, it's not that they care. They just don't, they just don't know it. So I would just sub it out with comic books. I would I would go through and I find a comic book to go with that lesson and, you know, like a writing style. And, you know, the kids really got into when then we started creating our own comic books, you know, and they would put in the narration gutters, the thought bubbles, the word balloons and all that. They could spell onomatopoeia, you know, and they would they got really awesome at creating their own comics. So I would try anything I could to incorporate any of that in and um this year was a lot about foreshad like second grade is a lot about like writing styles like narrative or you know use of foreshadowing the use of metaphors so i thought what would be a really great book to read 
uh, especially when making like, you know, like like a huge skill you have to do is you have to predict what's going to happen in the book. So what I thought would be fun is, you know, the biggest mystery going on at the time when I was developing this was who is Lady Thor? So I'm like, you know what? We're going to read Thor and the Mighty Thor. Yes. And we're going to have to make, you know, like like the kids, you know, like I made sheets like, OK, like who done it? And we'd have to like every character we met, we would write down their name if we thought they were Thor. Yes or no. Why they were th- why you think they were Thor. And then um, if no, why you didn't think they could be Lady Thor. So and it was so cool because we finally got to the reveal and everyone has uh, Rod Solomon as as Thor, their guest. And when you find out it's, you know, can I say like, I don't I think I can say it now. Right. It, oh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's Jane Foster, you, you know, because in the book, Thor actually crosses his name off. Like he crosses her name off, you know, because she's, you know, she's dying of cancer, uh-huh. you know, and she's like, she can hardly stand up. They they were talking about it all day. Like after we we, we read it in the morning and they're just like they're looking through their journal. We're like, no. And all of a sudden, like this awesome girl, she's like, wait a minute. She's going through. No, she's like, oh, my God, it totally makes sense. And I'm like, wow, this is this is fucking awesome. Like. You know, of course, I had to like not say the naughty words in the book, like a couple hells and dams. But yeah, that was yeah. We read Thor all year, and we just kept making guesses, like you know, like why is he unworthy? Which kind of made us look into. We didn't read original, or we didn't read original sin, but the whole thing of what he whispered to Thor. You know, we're guessing what could have been, and we did did that. Unworthy Thor. Uh, I have not started on Worthy Thor yet, no. You find out what was whispered to him. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's about, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I did read the first one, because it's a, because th- Jason Aaron's run, not just on the Mighty Thor, but, um, you know, when Odinson was Thor, with the whole um, God Killer, mm-hmm. was, oh, that was such an amazing he really he totally reinvented Thor for me. I'm like, wow, this is this is the way he should be written. Like the God Killer was such a fucking awesome villain in that story. So yeah, no, we had a lot of fun with that. And then um towards the end of the year we had to we had to talk about like, you know, medical conditions and sicknesses and the big thing they wanted us to talk about was diabetes. I'm like, oh, man, dude, like, how am I going to get second graders really in to, like, want to learn about diabetes? Well, I found this amazing comic book called Joe the Barbarian. And uh, it it was written by Grant Morrison and um, drawn by Sean Murphy. I love Sean Murphy. Nice. Um, what it is is it's, it's this kid that has um, – he has diabetes, but the thing is they, they never make it look like a weakness. Cause what happens is, you know, he's bullied at school. His dad just got killed in the war. They have this giant house and the house plays a huge part in the story. It's a character all of its own. And it's, it, it's an 11 year old kid. 
he comes back from school and he didn't have any candy bars because at, at the beginning of the story, the mom's like, don't forget your candy bars. And my kids are like, oh, my God, my mom tells me not to eat candy bars. Like, what's going on? And, you know, and then it will lead into us, you know, like actually learning about diabetes and like how it affects people. So, like, they're learning about it just to, like, kind of follow the story. So you get into the story and the kid, um, you know, he doesn't have his medicine. He's all the way up in his attic and he's got he's got all these awesome toys. And it's cool because it's it's a vertigo book. So it's an imprint of D.C. So, you know, he's got like a Batman figure and he's got like, you know, the he's got some Transformers and all these cool things. and He's got a pet rat. Well, during the story, he starts going in and out of consciousness. And when he goes out of consciousness, he goes into this fantasy world. But the fantasy world is made up of elements of his room and his house. So like he's in the bathtub and it overflows. So while he's unconscious, he's in a land by like this huge waterfall. And there's like these evil forces trying to stop him. And we use that for foreshadowing because when he go into a new room of the house, we would look for objects that could become part of the fantasy world. You know, like like little chess pieces that turn into huge knights. So that was and it's it is a gut punch of a book. At the end, the kids were literally standing up and cheering because oh, of awesome. like because of like how the story ends. You know, like there's just this huge twist at the end where you're like, holy shit. And the kids are like, that was in front of us the whole time. <laughs> and they they all got they all got perfect scores on their, you know, uh, sickness test. So that was that was really cool. And then it really gets them into like it really brought out the artists of the kids. Like I really got to see who was really good at like, you know, drawing. And I would team them up with someone who may not have been that good at drawing, but really good at like setting up a story. So we had like our own little like writers and illustrator teams going on. And then we did it and we had like the older kids, you know, read the comic books that they wrote. And it was just it was awesome. It, it, it was. Yeah. The best thing I've done is is bring comic books into the classroom. Yeah. At least for me, it might, it might not work for everybody else, but I've had a lot of fun doing it. Well, it sounds like you've really tapped into a way to make these things that, you know, you're required to teach these kids. You've made it relatable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, we have all these common core standards that you just have to hit. And it's like, well, you know, you don't always have to do it, the, uh, you know, the regular way. And which is another great thing about comics, like a lot of things in comics aren't done the regular way, like the stories these characters go on. And, uh, you know, when, whenever we start a comic book, we always do what we call a picture walk where you just page through the comic and we start writing down the characters names. And, you know, we got to make, you know, like I'll have a test like, OK, you know, what happened so far? And then write an essay of how it's going to end, you know, and I'll never take points off if they get the ending wrong, you know, but I look for the sentence structure and, you know, it's just, you know, and it makes it not boring for me. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to get up there and teach something I don't care about, how are they going to care about it? That's a very good point. You know, like if if I'm not enthused about it, like then what's the point? You know, they're if, if, if they're not getting that from me, then, you know, it just makes it all that more rote and, 
like factory style type of stuff. Yeah, and it's it, and superheroes are just so popular these days right now too. Yeah. That oh yeah. You're showing them something that a lot of them are already going to be familiar with. And then what's more is, you know, how how often do kids see adults that are maybe having some of the same interests that they have and so automatically they're going to gravitate towards that adult a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and like one thing that, you know, especially if you work like in a city with like high poverty neighborhoods, you hear this thing called the achievement gap and it's like how kids in low in like low income families are just way below kids that are, you know, from you know, wealthy families and have all these things. And you're always looking to close that achievement gap. And the thing is, my first year is it's so hard, e- e- even for me, like when I was a kid, to get especially a young boy to love reading. You know, just to like fall in love with the concept of reading, because sometimes for a kid, like when you're reading, you know, like the, you know, the leveled readers that just are about like the cat, then jumped on the chair like yeah you're learning how to read but it's not fun it's not fun like you know like i i i I want my kids to fall in love with reading like you said you bring in a character that they're familiar and comfortable with and for a lot of my students i found out that they were having so much fun reading they didn't realize they were learning how to read and like all the aspects that went into it And I was like, yeah, this, you know, I'm going to stick with it because I definitely, you know, as a teacher, you want to fight that achievement gap. So, you know, like now was the time to go for the Hail Mary, you know, like you just got to start, you know, and I get new teachers and they'll be, oh, you know, like I love the comic theme. I'm like, you know, if, if you don't love comics, find something else that you love and incorporate it into it. You know, like we got to teach these kids to be individuals and creative and, you know, like, but you got to love what you do, too. You got to love what you're teaching. I mean, of course, it's kind of hard for math just because you kind of have to do like, you know, the double digit edition and the triple triple digit edition and all that fun stuff. But, you know, a lot of the other stuff you can really spice up and make it your own. And that's where you can really bring the kids into it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was say, so that's my comic book classroom story. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, man. I wish I'd have had teachers that were more like that when I was in elementary school. Right? Like, you know, we had a girl. I had a girl next to me. She was just so into like her dog and she ended up just doing a lot of stuff about dogs. And it was so cool to see them like, you know, get into it and learn about, you know, the different breeds and they would write about it. And, you know, like it's it's just so cool. It's so cool when you see that happen. Yeah, see, I watched my so my oldest boy is nine. He'll be 10 in uh, in January and watching him learn to read and then really get a love of reading because I've always loved reading. And so it was really cool watching him pick it up and they've, Oh yeah. Yeah. Him and his, him and his little brother have got their own comic collection going. Nice. 
And uh, yeah, so yeah, Aiden Aiden will check them out from the school library and bring them home. And he's always bringing home one one home. I think it's called like Dog Boy or something like that. I don't know. He's checked oh. it out several times. He's always really excited about it. Is it Teen Dog or something? No, I think it's called Dog Boy. Like the Adventures okay, of Dog cool. Boy or something like that. He, he might have it. If I see it in his backpack tomorrow morning when I'm getting ready for school, I'll snap a picture of it and send it to you. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, he gets very excited about it. <laughs> That is, and that's, you know, that's what I love to hear, like, you know, like, kids getting into, because reading is, I mean, that's just a skill you need. Like, that's just something, if if you want to have any success, you're going to have to read at some point in your life. Yeah. And, why, and, and, like, why not have your earliest memories of reading be fucking fun? Like, well, exactly. I mean, just find something. And and comics are a perfect way to get into that for kids because you're mixing pictures with the words, which yes. is already the way that kids' books go. Oh, yeah. And, and there's some comics that you can read that are so freaking heavy that it doesn't matter that it's in a comic book form. Watchmen will blow your fucking mind. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. so why not bring kids in at, you know, comics that are suitable for them? Because it seems like it's so easy to have people dismiss comics when you're an adult. It's like, no, you don't. You don't understand. You've never picked no. up a book, obviously by a publisher like Image or something like that, where it's like this is not a book for little kids at all. Yeah, there's so like I said, there's there's something out there for everybody in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to find it. You know, like oh, another one uh, that my wife fell in love with was Alex and Ada. Yes. Oh, that one is God. so good. I, I just loaned all three of those trades to my mom, and I'm like, uh, I can't wait to hear what you thought, what you think of these. Uh, the ending to that comic is just the most beautiful, satisfying end to like a lot more than anything I've read. It's just oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's I, so good. It shocked the hell out of me, too, because it was so much more real than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. The Luna Brothers don't mess around, man. Yeah. Have Have you read Eternal Empire at all? No, I haven't. That one's really good. Number four just oh, came out, and it's been it's been pretty cool. It's um, so it's it's taking place on a different world where they've got three suns that orbit okay. the planet. And it's like they're. There was some queen that made a pact with like a dragon or something like that. And so she crossed forms with it or something. I, there's still a lot of mystery in it and like history that they're just, you know, piecing you in little bits at a time. And so only four issues in. I'm not quite sure what's going on. But okay. it's like all these. She's like basically bringing all these kingdoms on this one continent to heal under her banner. But every place that she takes over, it's not good for those people. And so you got a a woman that's basically a slave and then a man that was a slave and they both start like having this like they're being pulled to this place like they just need to go there. And so they escape their camps and once they meet up, once they get close to each other, all of a sudden they develop these fire powers where they can. Oh, yeah. But it only oh, happens when they're awesome. close to each other. And so like <laughs> it's funny because right when they walk up to each other, they're like you know, like, whoa, what is going on? You know, why, why are our hands all of a sudden on fire? And then they back up. And so there's this scene in the comic, we're having this weird conversation where they're really far apart from each other <laughs> because <laughs> if they get too close, they'll like their hands will burst into fire. 
It and, sounds like a really better version of Hancock. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I hadn't even thought of it. That I try not to think about that movie too much anyway. Yeah, no, no, that movie... <laughs> dude, that movie could have been awesome. It really could have been. That movie could have been great, but then it just fell into that trope again. Like, but oh, that could have been amazing. But yeah, it's mostly garbage. Oh yeah, Hancock was one of those ones where it had moments. Yeah, that was really cool. And yeah, kind of like Batman v Superman. <laughs> it had yeah. moments that were really cool. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, just real quick. I like every year on September 11th, we always try to like kind of teach something, but. You know, you're kind of like all like you're like, oh, my God, like what what can I say? You know, like like how can I teach us? There is this. It's uh from a, the Amazing Spider-Man run uh, issue 36 where Spider-Man is actually like at ground zero after the whole thing. And it is dude, I cry every time I read it. Oh, man. And, and the kids are just so into it where now it just turns into us walking to the fire department right after we read it, the neighborhood fire department, like dropping off letters and stuff that they want to do. But that is a book. If you like, you know, like, especially with young sons, if you ever want to talk about it or, you know, like it's, it's, it's amazing. Cause it shows like the actual superheroes helping, helping the, um, helping the firemen. And they're like, you know, like, you know, you know, the fireman heroes. And there's this there's this panel of Dr. Doom. And they're like, you know, like even even the most of evil saw how evil this was. And Dr. Doom is looking at um, a fireman carry a woman out of the rubble. And Dr. Doom has a tear coming down his eye. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's a real emotional punch right there. Oh yeah. And that would well, be a great way to broach a subject that would be, you know, like how do you bring up to to kids like, you know, what happened on, oh, yeah. on September 11, 2001. I mean, that's I mean, that's something I've never I don't I've had the 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 there's lots of people in the world who suck conversation with my kids a lot. Yeah, just so that they, because especially with my older one, he's so he's such an optimist and he's such a sweetie. That it's like, dude, you really can't expect a lot of people in the world you meet to be like you. You know, you're gonna have to be wary of people. And yeah, uh, and, and and here's this awesome thing where you know you're in like it's all from Spider-Man's point of view, and there's this panel where he's like, I'm not even gonna say the names of those who did this. All I'm going to say is the names we need to know are the people right here doing this. And you just see like the firemen pulling people out and, you know, people like volunteering to give soup. And like it, it's a big focus on all the good that like came out of people that day. And after it happened, it's just like it's just so good. It is so good. Yeah. I'd never even thought about or considered how how the comic industry would have handled when that happened. Cause I wasn't reading comics at that time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I, I, I wasn't either. And it was, it was another thing, part of the research I was doing. And I'm like, Oh, I, I read it. And like, 
it, it honestly, it took me like about 30 minutes to compose myself afterwards because it's just it's such a beautiful book and a beautiful story. And the way, you know, like you have, especially for little kids, you have Spider-Man, you have Spider-Man there and Spider-Man's like, you know, what could I have done to have stopped this? Like, this is my city. You know, like, what did I do wrong? And it's just, oh, it's just so good. You're like, you're experiencing the weight on Spider-Man's shoulders and, you know, like you get some great POV shots of like people doing their normal lives while it's happening. And it's just fucking, it's so good. I recommend it to anybody that has a hard time with that subject or if you ever have to talk to someone about it where, you know, it's kind of it's kind of big to d- delve into to like a little kid because, you know, like on the day, like sometimes people are going to talk about it. So it's a really comfortable, gentle approach into it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's what now what's that book called again? Uh, it was Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Issue 36. Sweet. I'll have to get a link to that. Yeah, I I have I have the digital copy, too, that I could probably send you. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would definitely read so, it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then uh, um, we had a friend of the family that uh, the teenager was coming out as, um, you know, as as gay he was he was having a hard time with it and i was reading all new x-men at the time and that's that's when you find out um iceman you find out iceman's gay and there's this amazing sequence where because in all new x-men it's the original five uh beast cyclops gene gray iceman and god who's the other one it's a really young nightcrawler too right I don't. I don't think it's Nightcrawler. Angel. Angel. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. they have a little baby Nightcrawler with them though too? I think. I think later in the series they do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, you know, so they come back, and you know, Jean Grey is a psychic, obviously telekine- telekinesis. Um, you know, she's she she brings it up to him. You know, and she's and she's like, you know, I can read your thoughts. And there's this scene or this panel where Iceman literally creates a wall of ice around him. You know, and she's like talking to him. She's talking to him about it, like, you know, how it's okay, And, you know, that doesn't really affect who he is. You know, it's a part of who he is, but that's not something to be judged on. And then it's just her hand melting the ice and him grabbing her hand and just being like, thank you. And, That's incredible. Oh, it was so amazing. It was it was so good. So yeah, we read that together, and it was really cool. We had, he had a really cool talk with his parents, and it was awesome. It was really cool. That's one of those things that I've never been able to wrap my mind around: why people give a shit about somebody else's sexual oh god like, dude. orientation. I I don't get it, <laughs> and I never and. Um, when I was younger, I had uh, my mom's cousin was um, was a lesbian and she had, you know, like her. I th- I think I'm pretty sure they eventually got married when Iowa changed its laws. But as long as I could remember, it was like, yeah, that that's you, there was just two ladies in that yeah. in that marriage. And really the biggest deal was in going over to their place was that they had a goose that was going to hiss at me and chase me and it was going to be fucking terrifying. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's it. Yeah, but it was... that was it. You know, <laughs> there, there wasn't anything weird uh, about it. And so, like, I don't know if it's just because that's the way I was in my formative years. So then, when I got older, and I would see the like the negative reactions that some people would have to it, especially with dudes, I've never understood that with like, it's like okay, there's a guy over there that if you want to go with like the cliche or whatever, he's very put together. He's got a good sense of style. The ladies yeah. already like him. He's not interested in the ladies. Why do you have a problem with him? <laughs> He's not competing with you. And then the, here's the real kicker. And this is the one that really cracks me up. And it really gets to the core, I think, of some of these people who are homophobic is when they say, well, I don't want him hitting on me. You'd be like, oh, you don't want to be made to feel like some lady that you're going and fucking hitting on that had, wants nothing to do with you. Like, oh my god, on. you, you Dude, like, like, think of it that way. <laughs> that's the way I, well, like, a long time ago, I remember, uh, I was in this situation where there was like a, a bunch of dudes and they were very much bro dudes, like jockey bro dudes. And there was like one good looking girl, and all three or four of them were like hitting on this poor girl at once. Ugh. And like, she just had this look on her face, like, I want to be anywhere than here right now and it's like none of these dudes are, are like noticing it or they're not i are noticing it and just not caring and then and in my mind I'm, I'm just like you know how would you feel if some if if some like super aggressive gay dude was trying to get on with you yeah. And then, like you get to some guys that would like see like a good looking lesbian or something be like oh whatever you know you just haven't had the right dick i could turn you You'd be like, okay, flip that on its head, and what if a gay dude just said that to you? <laughs> yeah, and, like how sure of your sexuality are you going to be right there? <laughs> You're gonna be like, honestly, it's it's, a, and in my mind, people just people are the way they are. They're they're born the way that they're going to be born, and it's, to to pick on somebody on something that's so minuscule, it's always blown oh, my mind. It's and, and and the thing I fucking hate is when you get people like. They choose it like, okay, when did you choose to be straight? Tell me the exact moment when you made that conscious choice, you know, like shut up. Yeah. Like shut up. Well, and the other thing too, is it's like, why, why would you choose to be gay in, in America right now? Yeah, because when you're going to face so, this prosecution. Yeah. It's because it's so awesome right now. It's like, no, this is like, it's things have gotten better. But I mean, we still got we still got plenty of stupid motherfuckers, you know. We just had one of the worst tiki torches. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> were made. Like that, you know, it's like that were those tiki torches were made in Wisconsin. Oh no, which fucking sucks. <laughs> well, but, bring yeah. it around. You know what else is made in Wisconsin? It's fucking awesome. Spotted cow. Oh, spotted cow. <laughs> so that makes up for it. I just had my last one. Oh Fuck. no. <laughs> oh, that's think... so good. Towards the end of September, we're going to take the boys up to Wisconsin. Probably just go to Madison, go to that free zoo. Okay. And yes, I will be coming back with a case or two of Spotted Cow. Nice. Um, oh, shit, dude. I was going to say, man, uh, if my wife doesn't have uh, a wedding, we would totally meet you guys there. Madison's like 60 minutes away from us. Oh, that could be fun. That'd be fucking <laughs> awesome, man. A little... Little Emmett, who thinks every animal goes moo. 
<laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, you know, it's funny you say like, why would you choose to be gay? We just had the we just had the largest, most worst ever attack on the gay community. Uh, what a year ago at the Pulse nightclub, like yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, like people just they just need to get over themselves, like. Just shut up, dude. You don't got a problem. Like, if you got a problem with it, just shut the fuck up. Just, like, sort that shit out on your own. And, you know, for all the good that social media can do, it's just terrible for this. It's fucking terrible for this. It just, you know, gives people to go on to just say, like, the most stupid, hateful shit out there. And just have no fucking regards for what's doing to somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, I try to keep myself to the standard where I never type anything that I wouldn't be comfortable saying to somebody's face. Yeah. In um, uh, my friend Troy, he he named this one climbing route keyboard comfort because, <laughs> you know, basically it, it, it making fun of people who talk shit online. Yeah, the keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah, that's like, OK, you feel pretty comfortable typing that you know, from the safety of your home or whatever. But, you know, would you, would you behave like that to people's faces? I mean, I mean, depending on how much alcohol you have in you, maybe, (laughs) but but for the most part, nobody, nobody really talks like that, but you go into comment fields on Facebook and, oh my God, it's, it it can get so gross. And like, you know, what's weird is that I've noticed that, you know, ever since, especially this last election and leading up to it, Everybody, there's just a certain swath of the population that wants to turn everything into a political argument. Well, I mean, when you got when you got the guy that's like, you know, the voice and face of our nation being the biggest bully on Twitter. A lot of people are going to follow suit, you know. That's a really good point, dude, because. Who'd have thought that we'd live in the fucking age where we had a reality star that talks shit on Twitter and doesn't even use proper sentence structure. No. <laughs> no. And he's the leader of the, the quote-unquote free world. Like, <sighs> uh... I know. <laughs> it's a fucked up time, man. <laughs> it really I mean... <laughs> is. It's always darkest before dawn, though. That is true. But, like, I I, I can't say with any certainty it would have been better if if, if Hillary would have got in. Because, I mean, she had ties to big money and she seemed like a bit of a chicken hawk when it comes to war and stuff. So, yeah, we really didn't have the cream of the crop. And, you know, that's the the fucking crazy part. It's like, how do we have millions of people in this country? And and these are the options that we're given. Is it just because politics has gotten so fucking gross and just if it seems to me like it's just been infected with big money? Well, you know, I... I've I've been listening to your um I've been listening to your show you know to catch up and I was listening to the episode with Joe Vitale and he's talking about like you know career politicians well that's the fucking problem yeah you know we got people that like this is becoming like it's 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 like a political Game of Thrones yeah you know it's just fucking you know it's just it's just decimating and fucking just doing whatever whatever you have to do to get to the top with no regards of how you got there, you know, it's, it's just fucking, it's just fucking crazy. And I don't mean to get all political, but like, 
you know, we need to figure out this two party system. That's what I was just going to say is, do you think it's, it's an issue of it's two parties. And so when you have a country like America where sports are big entertainment and so people are already primed to support teams. And if you've only got two teams, shit's going to get pretty fucking ugly on the people who no matter what they got to (laughs) go. I almost said out loud, no matter what they got to go for that D (laughs) or go for R. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, no matter what, you know, they're just going to, hey, I'm going to vote for this person because they're a Democrat. I'm going to vote for this person because they're a Republican. And at the we, end of the day, it's like, there's a lot of the Democrat policies I like. There's a handful of the Republican ones I like. Mostly the Republicans freak me out because I don't, I, I don't want them making laws based on the Bible. Just like if yeah. you talk to a lot of people and they, and you say, hey, what's your problem with the Middle East? And they're like, well, they got that goddamn Sharia law. And it's like, well, how's legislating off the Christian Bible any different. You're still legislating off of something that not everybody around here believes in. So why don't, you know, and so I I, I have a hard time supporting the conservatives just because that it freaks me out, especially then because then they're going to go and basically use their religion to just be bigots against gays. Yeah. Yeah. And that pisses me off because it's like if there should be any country in the world where gay marriage is legal, how about the land of the free? Yeah, yeah, and then fucking, yeah, uh, and if you're really gonna like pick and like, you can't just if 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 you're gonna base your system of beliefs off of a Bible, you can't pick and choose. Like if like you know, I mean, I remember reading like you know, divorce is such a crazy sin. Like, like I mean, fucking, you know, like if like if you're really gonna go after that because the Bible says. Well, then shit, dude, you have to lock up every woman in the fucking country because having your periods is sin or whatever they said in Leviticus, something like that. Like, you know, like you can't, you know, there's just so many crazy fucking things. Oh, Old that, Testament's like, fucking wacky. Yeah. You, you, you know, and they're the first people to say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, you know what? It's still part of what you're fucking <laughs> yeah. pushing, dude. You can't like, you know. You know, and especially like the whole, if, you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander type of shit. Like, I just never thought we'd have someone that said he wants to grab, you know, to grab women down there oh as our fucking. And that know. happened before the election and he still fucking won. <laughs> you know, like, it's funny. Whoa, that's so. Oh, my God. You know, I, I, I have best friends that, you know, like they will tell you they voted for Trump, but they're like, it's only because. Of Hillary, you know, like I don't agree with a lot of what he says, but I'd rather have this evil over that evil, and it's it's fucked us either way. Like like you said, it it, it totally it just yeah, it's got to be we got to look at the party system. I mean, I don't know, we got to look at something. Yeah, and, and now we're hearing that the Rock is actually starting to like file the paperwork. To I mean, he's going to be an amazing speaker, like. You know, he'll probably do a lot of good, too. But, you know, it's becoming it's becoming a fucking it's becoming a sideshow. It truly is becoming a sideshow. I mean, when it comes down to just popularity and not actually any sort of qualification for the job. Like, did did you ever watch the, the adaptation of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, no, I have not. <laughs> so basically, like the most ridiculous person in the universe wins president of the galaxy over like the super serious guy because he's more just like vote for me because this other guy's boring and he sucks 
<laughs> the guy's just totally fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and so right away, he just steals this high-tech spaceship and just disappears. And so everyone in the galaxy is looking for him. It's pretty funny. I highly recommend Read the books if you get a chance, but the movie wasn't oh. bad either. Oh, nice. I will definitely do that. I will <laughs> definitely do that. Yeah, so... But um, going back to the Trump thing, do you think he's going to make it all four years? I don't know. I don't know. I because especially now I'm reading like his own party is really starting to turn on him. You know, we got Mr. Paul Ryan from, you know, he was he was a statesman for my city for a while or, you know, he's he's right by where I lived and, uh. You know, he's starting to come out and say, like, oh, I don't agree with the pardon. I don't agree. You know, like, he's got his own party starting to be like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see them giving up the power, though. See, I could see it go. I I could see them doing something sneaky, like we're going to get as much stuff passed through with this buffoon as we can. And then we're going to impeach him and we're going to put our boy Pence in and Pence almost scares me a little bit more. Pence does scare me more. Is it just me or doesn't he look like he has fucking GI Joe hair? Like he looks like he has painted on action figure hair to me. Pork chop sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) GI Joe. I, I, I can also say, God, that fucking almost derailed me, dude. <laughs> but I can also see it go another way that he's like, he he just seems like he gets so, I mean, the way that he attacks people on Twitter, like he just goes oh. after everybody and it's like, dude, can you, ha- like, can you handle this job or is he just going to be, is he going to peace out or would that be, would his ego not allow it? He just yeah. seems like such a wild card that it on I watch it with a macabre fascination, but at the same time it it's like this is no way for this country to be being run. No. But. No. No, not at not at all. It's it's fucking it's scary. It definitely is scary for sure. Like yikes. I mean, you know, when you got him openly saying like, Yeah, well, you know, there's hate on both sides. Like, no, dude. Come on, man. Come on, dude. The KKK. (laughs) There's no redeeming qualities. There really isn't. Did you see that uh, statement that the Tiki Torch people put out saying that they're in no way connected to white supremacy? And it was like a meme being like, when Tiki Torch does a better job of distancing themselves from white supremacists than the fucking president does. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh shit! Yeah, uh. interesting times <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and Absolutely, I'm, I, I'm sure we're probably pissing off some people by by dumping on this guy. But I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and we could be saying the same thing if uh, we could be having the same conversation if Hillary was in too. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, we didn't really get the cream of the crop on both sides. Like, you know, so we were almost, you know just playing Russian roulette kind of, I mean, I don't know if it'd be this bad, but you know, definitely. Yeah. Whatever. If I piss people off, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. If I pissed you off, just email me. <laughs> yeah. I'll read it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's the fun thing about if somebody emails you and it's something shitty. It's like in the end, I'm the one with the fucking microphone. Yeah, <laughs> so... for sure. He's just furiously typing away. I like President Trump. His hair is really cool. Oh, like I, I guess I'm freaking out. Like people are like, "Oh my god, teacher says this. Let's get him fired." <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy (laughs) i've actually kind of shied away from asking you some questions about that because i don't want to put you in a tough spot (laughs) it's all good (laughs) oh man so yeah how about that spotted cow oh spot yeah it's you know it's uh funny um i got family that live in minnesota and um there was a bar just right across the state line that was serving spotted cow and they got they got sued like you can't sell spot like you can't serve spotted cow or whatever outside of Milwaukee it was or outside of Wisconsin not yeah. Milwaukee and why is that is it just because of the type of brewery it is the or the type of i have I no guess idea i don't understand i have no idea i i don't know i don't know us us uh, wisconsin knights are very picky we're very particular about our beer <laughs> Beer and cheese. I, the, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast or not, but um, when I was a little kid, the first time that my mom and dad took me to Wisconsin and we were crossing the the Mississippi, they told me that once we got to the other side and we saw the, the Wisconians, I wouldn't <laughs> understand them because they all speak Wisconian and I totally <laughs> fucking believed it. <laughs> You Wisconians and your strange alcohol laws. <laughs> Got on another trip. We were going to Minnesota and there was a bunch of clouds on the horizon and they told me it was mountains and I believed them. Oh, geez. Mountain range in Minnesota. What the hell did- else did those assholes do? They told me that my grandpa was a kamikaze pilot in World War II. What? Fucking <laughs> mom and dad. <laughs> I shared all these things in school, by the way. <laughs> my, dad, my grandpa was a kamikaze pilot. They fucking seriously told me that. I didn't know what that was. Next thing you know, you got, you're like meeting with the principal and shit. <laughs> I'm showing up with my Daniel San bandana on. It's <laughs> <That's> bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan tuned out. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, they're talking about Asians. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, oh, oh fuck. Um, no, uh, the whole mountain thing reminded me of. Did you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Um, I think I caught a little bit of the first season when it when it first started. Okay, that that first season you can skip. You can <laughs> That's skip probably the why first I didn't stick with it. It's it's it it's one of my favorite shows of all time. But oh, uh. Nice. Chris Pratt plays uh he plays like an idiot. And the best way I I don't know, I compared this show a lot to Golden Girls. Like they got like like he is Betty White's character in Parks and Rec. Like he's just like he's this lovable doofus. And uh you know, he goes his girlfriend broke up with him and he comes back and he's like, Oh, I just want to tell you I'm doing good. Um you know, uh, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to go climb mountains in Nebraska. Like, it just... 
And then he's living in the giant pit next to his ex-girlfriend's house because he has nowhere to go. And she comes up. She's like, are you living in the pit? He's like, oh. And there's like this desk. Like it's a huge garbage pit. And there's this desk there. She's like, is that the office you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I like silly humor. Like like what I was saying earlier with how much I love shirtless bear fighter. Like I like silly stuff. Yeah, and the thing with Parks and Rec is it has so much heart. Like, you just have, it just, like, these characters are so well-intentioned. And, like, Leslie Nope is one of my, or Amy Poehler's character of Leslie, of Leslie Nope is one of my favorite TV characters of all time because she's just this positive ball of energy no matter what's happening. She's just trying her best to do it, like, still being true to herself and positive and you got all these you know shenanigans happening and it's just it's 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 one of my favorite shows and it's one of the shows that stuck the landing the finale is one of the most satisfying finales i've ever seen awesome yeah you can't say that about a lot of shows that is very true man i can't yeah you really can't say that about the majority of shows. No. Like, did you ever watch Heroes? Oh, I fell off. Dude, I fell off. It just, just every it. season was just worse and worse and worse. And those characters, the like, the, they started out so awesome, and the ones that were still around at the finale were just like ghosts of them former their former selves. It was just sad. Well, and then like you know, the shows stick around for a while, and it's like it's. It, it's like sometimes you just feel like they have no idea. Like it, it's like they didn't know where it wanted to end. Like, like they didn't have an end game planned out from the beginning. And we're just, you know, we're, we're just jumping in. My perfect example with that is entourage. Cause that just turned into a fucking, <laughs> that just turned into a hot mess at the end. Like they had no idea what they wanted to do. Like you just felt like, you know, you kind of felt like, okay, like I, I, I feel like I know where this is going. And then you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't think they know how they wanted it to end. Yeah. That I kind of started feeling that way about lost. Which is a show I have to watch. I have not oh, seen man. lost. <laughs> it's not seen. Lost. I, I highly recommend it. And, okay. um, just, and maybe I got too deep into that show to where like I I expected to be more blown away, but it was one of those shows where it would it gave you lots and lots of mystery and the island that they were on was a character unto itself that had a lot of mystery to it and that was like my biggest draw to that show was I wanted to know more about the mythology of this island and you know certain things that were on there, where did they come from, that sort of shit. And just a lot of that just didn't get answered at the end. Okay. And I... and that bummed me out because it was like there's just certain elements they introduced where I assumed that they knew all along, you know, you know, why is this temple here? Why is this statue here? That stuff. None of that shit was ever explained. So. You know, I I had to look it up because I'm a huge fan of uh the arkham asylum games and uh in arkham city um no arkham asylum joker says this thing towards the end he's like how did we get here why is it all in a church 
or something to that. I'm like, <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is well, crazy. I just had the ending of Lost spoiled for me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, like, you know, like you can tell, like Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew where he wanted the story of every character to end and everything in between led us to that. And that's just that's just brilliant story writing when you can pull that off. You know, I got to make time for Breaking Bad sometime. Well, I told Jordan I'd never watched that. He yelled at me. (laughs) I'm not going to yell at you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like and um and 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 uh, uh the one show I really loved for a while was the Sons of Anarchy, and uh, that just turned into like just gratuitous violence of just trying to keep like pushing the envelope. It seemed like like they just kept trying to outdo some terrible shit that I can't believe FX even let go on TV at the time. So yeah, there's just. You know, some shows can have that magic and then it could just go away as quick as it can. Yeah, and, and, you know, sometimes those shows, you know, they'll be having to deal with the, the network people and the people that really don't have anything to do with it. But then they might have enough influence to say, well, why don't we do this or this or this? And I wonder how much of that, you know, will fall into play on some of these. Like, did you ever hear like this isn't? With a this is with a movie, so not a TV show. But did you ever hear that story that Kevin Smith told about when he was trying to write this Spider-Man, or he was trying to write a a uh, Superman movie, and the producer was adamant that Superman fight a giant robotic spider? Yes, in the yes. third act, and then then that movie didn't go through. The next movie that that producer did was Wild Wild West. Oh God! In which Will Smith has to fight a giant <laughs> robotic <laughs> spider in the third act. I remember my dad being so pissed when we saw that movie because he fucking loved the TV show. I think uh, Stacy Keach was uh, Jim West, and it, like, like he turned to me in the movie when we saw it. We saw it in the theater. He's like, Jim West would never fucking wear a dress and like <laughs> seduce Loveless or whatever his name was. Yeah, no, that movie is a fucking. That movie is terrible. Remember remember he wore the tiny little round sunglasses? Yes. And you could go to Burger King and get those in like a Happy Meal. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Whatever the Burger King version of that is. I had a pair of them and they were made for kids so they didn't fit my fat fucking head. (laughs) I think the best ever movie marketing fast food promotion ever was when McDonald's sold like these really awesome glass cups for batman forever yes yeah i remember oh those. my god dude the, like you know like the riddler one had like the riddler question mark as the handle and the two-face one had you know the coin flipping as the handle and the bat symbol was the handle like those we still have those we the kids use them nice like they were <laughs> fucking those were awesome but yeah no uh yeah uh that 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 movie with Kevin Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. The Death of Superman Lives. Yep. That's a great document. Great documentary. Yeah, I gotta watch that doc. I'm I'm so bad about watching shit. Yeah, me too. It's it's like if it's something that 
I can watch with my kids, like I'll watch it because it's, it's, you know, there's just certain hours of the day where the TV's on, we're going to be sitting in front of it. But I mean, if it's stuff that is more that I'm going to be watching and I got to carve it out of my own time. It's like, yeah. Oh, so many comic books I'm reading right now that are so riveting. <laughs> exactly. So, so I just get more of my entertainment from comics these days. Like I'm still not caught up with my CW shows and they're all on Netflix. Like I caught up on the flash cause that's my favorite one. I've okay. Just the finale of arrow to go and, Fuck, I got so many goddamn good comic books to read, and it's so easy to read them. So I know, and my, my brother-in-law just bought, like, I used to be huge into video games, and he just bought me Injustice 2, like, last week, and it's still in the wrap. Oh. <laughs> it's like it, it's like high school, Paul, but, like, he would try to kick your ass, but he was really skinny, and you could probably just sit on him now. But he would be very ashamed of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> he would be very ashamed. Yeah, when my wife and I, when we bought our house, so that'll be 11 years ago tomorrow. Nice. Um, yeah, thanks. Congratulations. Or, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our mortgage is uh, a third of the way paid off then, right? <laughs> there you go. Silver lining. <laughs> and so when when I set up, with it's a three-bedroom house, and so I'd set up the one bedroom with just like an, an extra TV and my PS2 and stuff in there. And I'd go back there and play it. And I'd be like, I'm sitting in the back of the house all by myself. I could be on the living room hanging out with my wife. She is my best friend. <laughs> and then I just slowly got out of, I like slowly talked myself out of playing video games just because it felt weird to be sitting alone in the back of the house. Yeah. No, I told, yeah. Marriage. <laughs> but you know it works out the i mean her and i watch a lot of the same stuff like we're both really into um space and like nature like natural earth like documentaries and stuff like that so we watch lots of really interesting stuff like that (laughs) that's awesome we're slowly getting the kids in on it but every once in a while they'll snap and just be like can we watch anything else (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to watch planet earth again <laughs> come on <laughs> oh my god dude planet earth was fucking amazing it was the first blu-ray i ever got oh yeah oh fuck dude, i just remember those first scenes of seeing a great white shark come fully out of the water in you know that slow-mo and it's just like, that was like so terrifying to me oh yeah um I got a, so, um, you know, like every year on my dad's and like when he died, we, we, we tried to like have a celebration and the first year after, after dad, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I, I just heard like a weird boom. Um, we, uh, went on a cruise to Alaska and, uh, it was awesome. Like they had like the most unseasonable, like like in the seventies during uh, August, it was, it was awesome. And um, I ended up proposing on the cruise to Amanda when we hit international waters. Uh, but we were excited cause we signed up for a whale excursion, like, like, like a whale watching excursion. Um, you know, cause on a cruise you dock like at certain harbors or ports and 
you can get out and like you can sign up for like amazing fucking excursions to do like uh you know like my sister and her husband went like and they fished for salmon and like it was a six hour thing and they like you know like they had to make a fire with the guide you know they cooked it right there they ate it like just all this cool stuff you go zip lining we went on a man and i went on a tour of a of a rainforest and there was this awesome tree that was carved out by bears and she's wow. like yeah she's like yeah you know like we're taking a picture by it. and she's like yeah this is no longer active i'm like when was it last active she's like oh, i don't know about six hours ago i'm like holy fuck <laughs> you know i'm like you know like they're all like all the guides are like walking with like shotguns and stuff Damn right. you know? so uh you know and like so the big one we're waiting for is um is the whale excursion is the whale watching excursion and the night before on the cruise they had like this conference room and they had like questions you could ask and they kind of tell you what's going to happen and what's crazy is um she's going through all these slides and all of a sudden she gets to this slide that says bubble net feeding and she's like that's like she's like there's no chance you're going to see that and she skips over it I'm like okay you know whatever so we go we go on this little boat and we go out into you know the middle of the ocean or whatever it was right there and you know we're seeing just whales everywhere like they're breaching right like like rocking the boat like scaring the shit out of us all of a sudden the tour guide screams just screams she's like bubble net feeding bubble net feeding and what it is is you get like it's like it's like 17 humpbacks and they all get into a circle and they swim and they create like almost a whirlpool or like a vortex and it gets all the krill and like all these fish and it traps them into this like, you know, big whirlpool and they all like go deep down under and they all pop up at the same time yeah, to like eat the food. And it was, oh my God, talk about feeling like the smallest thing on the planet. It was just, it was the, oh, it was fucking amazing to see these humpbacks. And, like, they're coming out, like, you can see their whole mouth, like, you know, like, it, it's not just, like, the tip of their nose coming out. Like, a lot of them is coming out of the water to eat these, you know, to eat these fish. And she's like, you guys have to remember this. This is, like, this, like, hardly ever happens. You're so lucky to see it. And it was just, I was just like, holy fuck, dude. Nature is neat. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Lindsay and I just saw that in a documentary within the last month. And I said to her, I said to her, well, the big takeaway out of this is if you're in a rowboat in the ocean and all of a sudden you see a circle of bubbles develop around your boat, you start fucking paddling. Because you don't want to be there when them big mouths fucking start breaking the water surface. Dude, (laughs) and and they had like a 65-inch TV on the deck of the boat that was all sonar. So you could like see these things. Wow. You can see the whales and you're just like, holy fuck. And they're like, you see that little dot right there? Like, yeah. She's like, that's us. That's us. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Whales are huge. I would love, uh, that's something I really want to do someday oh is God. to go on like a whale, um, a whale cruise like that or whatever. That would be so oh, awesome. Dude, it was amazing. And we, we, we went, um, we took a helicopter onto a glacier oh, and uh no way. oh, dude 
like it was it was awesome, but it was scary because there was just cracks that they said like went like 900 feet deep. Yeah, dude, glaciers are fucking terrifying. If you fall in a crevasse, like you're gonna be buried in a crevasse. You're dead. You're dead. You're like you're they are probably never gonna find you. There's no way they could rescue you. Like it's glaciers are scary, fascinating, beautiful, but really, really scary. You know, and you could like, you know, like there was like puddles. They're like, dude, yeah, just take your hand and drink that water. And it was like the thing about Alaska, like the air, it just feels different coming into your nose and your mouth. Like it, it, it just feels way more pure. And the water, it was just like the coldest water I ever had in my life. And oh, but I I got into some trouble because <laughs> on the way there. It was this really cool fucking helicopter pad. It had like three helicopter pads and like they all like kind of went out into the water. So the helicopter's landing and I got my headgear on and I say to Amanda and my mom and sister and husband, I go, the president needs us. And I just start running and they like run after me like this isn't a fucking joke. This isn't a joke. <laughs> the president needs us. <laughs> fucking goofball (laughs) (laughs) so then like you know they're all like freaking out they're like you could have got your head taken off i'm like dude i'm five foot seven what the fuck i'm not gonna get my head taken off by the feller (laughs) i didn't go riding into my trusty pogo stick you idiot yeah you fucking moron No, and meanwhile we're bagging on an alaskan they might take us both out with one hand tied behind his back yeah, fuck, and like Let's you know, they some sit- bad motherfuckers up there, dude. Fuck, dude, it is like we didn't. We went into like safe ports, so like we weren't going like into the deep recesses. But we got to go to um, we got to go by the field where uh, was it Chris McCandless, the the guy from Into the Wild, like where his van was. That was fucking Shit. cool. That was fucking awesome because I just read that book when we went there. But yeah, like, man, uh, have you been on a cruise at all? Uh-uh. Oh, fuck, dude. It is. It is. It's fucking amazing. Like, they have this on ours, and I think they say they do them on all of them. They have this 24-hour buffet. I'm not talking, like, fucking Golden Corral or, like, fucking Old Country Buffet. Like, I'm talking about, like, the best food in the world, like, on this buffet. Like they had theme nights. Like one night they had German Fest, and Amanda and I are, you know, we're like, all we did was we just fucking hung out like by the rail and just like watched the water and whales swimming with us and shit like that. And all of a sudden, Amanda's like, "Look at that!" And we see like all these pigs being brought on board. They're just walking into the ship, and she's like. Oh, I wonder what they're here for. I said, well, it's German Fest tonight. And she goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) See that guy behind him that's carrying the big sack of apples? Each one of those is going to go in a little piggy's mouth. We can all feel like medieval lords. But it was the best food of my life that I ever had. And uh, so it was awesome. It actually landed on the day... On the actual like anniversary of my dad's death, um, they have like these. It, it was a seven day cruise, so like um, there was a couple days where we would like, you know, 
sail out and then stop at like Anchorage or Juneau and shit like that. But then there was three days where we didn't stop anywhere. It was just, it was just like all day on the, on the cruise. So on August 14th, we went through Tracy's arm, which is just this huge, huge glacier bay. And like, they put all these nice chairs out with like cushions and they had ladies going by with like coffee and Bailey's and uh, Jameson. And it was like that day, you know, a man and I, we just, we, we, you know, we brought a blanket and we just sat there for like 10 hours on that deck, just looking at these glaciers. And, you know, sometimes you get the cool thing where like part of it would break off and fall into the ocean and you're seeing penguins on them. You're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, like you don't even realize places like this exist when you're just doing your day to day thing. And it was just, oh, it was just like it was awe inspiring. I've never felt more at peace. And then in Alaska, you know, like nighttime, like it doesn't get night until uh, it doesn't get dark until like three in the morning. And then it brightens up real quick. So, like, you're just out there like at 10 o'clock with like, you know, like almost like a daytime sun. And it's just it, it's it, it was it was one of the best things I've ever done. And of course, I got to propose to my wife, which scared the fuck out of me because, you know, like I did the whole thing. I said, you know, like I got down on one knee and we're right by the railing. I waited for the captain to say you're on international waters. And I'm like, you know, I said, you know, like you've been, you know, you really turned in to like my my support system and everything like, uh, will you allow me to spend the rest of my life with you? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she's like, yeah, yeah. And she pulls the ring out of the thing. And in my head, I just get this like premonition of her hand hitting the railing and dropping the ring. And I just pulled her right to the side. <laughs> like, You're coming over here. And then like, there was people out there like, Oh, get in here. We're having drinks. Like, you know, you're talking to people that like, you know, everyone's in such a good mood. You're just like anybody you see, you're just talking to them. It's so nice. It's so fucking nice. Yeah, that sounds so cool. And like you see moose there, like how you see squirrels here. Wow. Yeah. it's And we went to like a reindeer farm and we we almost did this excursion where you actually get to go to the Iditarod training camps. And you get to see like the puppies and you get to you get to ride, um, you know, like a sled. But that was like twelve hundred bucks a person. We're like, OK, wow, we'll go look at a rainforest for 30 bucks. Yeah, that'd be more the option I'd go with, too. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's it's, you know, these cruises, they go all out and it's it's, you know, there's some horror stories about the power going out. But like this, this one was just. It was princess cruises and like the fucking, you know, you become like really good friends with the people that take care of your room. And like they were asking us, you know, like I've, I've never been on a cruise. They're like, you know, like what kind of animals you like? What kind of stuff you like? And then you come back and they have like your towels folded like origami in the shape of like what you said your favorite animal was. Like I had a Batman. They made like a Batman uh, cowl and cape. Oh, cool out of towels and like they found out we got engaged you know like they didn't charge us we come in and they there's just rose petals everywhere and like a bottle of champagne and it says compliments to the captain it was like holy fuck oh that's cool it was so awesome he's like i can marry you right now we're like eh, we think we want her mom to be here 
He's like, let's do this. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be the story, right? But yeah, yeah, the we- the wedding, that's the, the wedding's, you know, it, it's, it's always said that the wedding's for the, the, the lady, right? Yeah, it took me a long time to spit that out. It is getting late. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I don't mean to keep you up, man. This is this has been a fun conversation. <laughs> no, it is good. I just looked down. And I was like, "Holy shit, we've been talking for a long time." <laughs> what uh, what time zone are you in? Um, let's see, I'm in Central. Oh, you are. Where do you live? Like, what state do you live in? I live in Iowa. Oh no, shit. Yeah, dude. Sweet. <laughs> East, We're in the same Iowa. time zone. Yeah, I'm I'm just outside Cedar Rapids. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, and then, really, you're not that far away. <laughs> nice. I was in Iowa a couple years ago for a funeral, and it was like in the dead of winter. And we went to this. It was this real small town, and we went to this restaurant, and um, we found out like the mayor is there eating, like you know, like in a snow suit and everything, and like the chief of police, and like it was like, wow, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> But Where, I didn't mean to take off track. Oh, I forget. We were like right on the border. It was it was about five years ago for a funeral, and we went last minute. And I don't remember where it was. I was that weekend was a blur. All the cousins were there with uh, Johnny Walker and all that oh, stuff. Nice. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we uh. So last year around this time, we took the boys up to Madison. And then we also went to Governor Dodge State Park and we stayed, so we stayed overnight in a tent in Governor Dodge and then hiked around and looked at all the sandstone in there. And then the next day we drove to Madison. Man, Wisconsin is a freaking beautiful state. Oh, it it, it totally is. I, I'm happy and proud to be a Wisconsinite. <laughs> like the, while we were up there, Lindsay and I were both talking, we're like, dude, this is a place <clears> that we could see, like, it'd be acceptable to move to. Yeah, <clears throat> because it's, you know, the, the thing that I love about Iowa is that right where we're at, we're so close to the driftless zone. That, okay. I mean, that's the part of the state that really speaks to me with all the rolling hills and and all the limestone bluffs and everything. It's just gorgeous. Oh, I, bet. I bet. Yeah. And you just see more and more of that when you when you go from Cedar Rapids up towards Madison, you just see more and more of that. Yeah. No, I, it's, you know, we got Devil's Lake. It's, it's so, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to go to Devil's Lake for a long time and like, I don't even know if I'd take my climbing gear because it's not the sort of climbing I do, but just to go up there and hike around would be awesome. Yeah. I was gonna, I, I signed up for a rock climbing class in college and the, the, the big, uh, end of semester thing was going to Devil's Lake and climbing, but I just, I had to get, I had to take a different, I had to take a required class and I had to get rid of the electives to graduate sooner. So that's one thing I regret not doing is taking that, that class. Cause that would have been a fun final thing to do is go to devil's lake and climb around for a little bit. Yeah. The pictures look pretty cool, but I've picked up pieces of quartzite off the ground before and I'm like, this looks fucking heinous to climb on. <laughs> oh, it's like, shit. It's, it's rock that has no texture to it. So okay. It's like smooth like glass. Oh shit. I'm glad I didn't take that class. I probably would have fell to my death. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, depending on what they put you on, you might just, you know, just do a whole bunch of little scrambles. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I would have felt like Mufasa falling off that cliff. <laughs> Which we we just had. We just we we just got it on Apple TV and the kids were able to watch Lion King for the first time ever. And it's the first time I've seen it like in 20 years and I just forgot how amazing of a movie that is. Yeah, it's really good. I Fuck. I'm thinking the boys I was just asking them about the other day. I was like, "Have you you guys have seen this, right?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we've we've seen it before." And then uh, what's funny is whatever part it was on, uh, Lindsay like referenced the Super Nintendo game, and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh. during during this part, you got to do this and this and this." Like she still oh my... remembers all the moves to it. <laughs> Dude, especially the part where you're running during the stampede and it's like yes. coming at you. Yeah, and you got to jump remember... on their backs. <laughs> that being like the hardest level for me, I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Dude, that Disney game was awesome for Super Nintendo, and Aladdin for Super Nintendo was fucking amazing. I don't know if I ever played Aladdin. I remember playing Lion King. Like, I think we still got it, like in the other room. Nice. Uh, my brother-in-law got me a Super Nintendo last year with my all-time favorite game, Turtles in Time, and I'm just like been blown away by it. It takes me back to the simpler times. <laughs> yeah. All I needed yeah, was definitely. like a Capri Sun. I just needed a Capri Sun and Teddy Grahams. I'd have been right back where I was. <laughs> yeah, I think my earliest memory of a Super Nintendo is over at my buddy Josh's house and him showing me in the Nintendo Power magazine the ad for Super Nintendo. Oh. And it was like, wow, the graphics are twice as good. <laughs> I remember my dad, my dad got so pissed because... At that time, we really wanted Super Mario Brothers 3 for regular Nintendo, and he got it for us. But then my grandparents got us the Super Nintendo that same Christmas. Oh, no. So we just never played Super Mario 3. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> that is arguably maybe the best Mario game. Oh, it's I loved. Oh, God, I love I the love third it. one because we have uh, all stars with the Super Nintendo so I can play. You know, one, two, nice. three, and then the what is it? The lost levels one or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I get to those fucking fire tanks and then the flying shit, and just want to fucking throw the controller through the wall. <laughs> Did you see the video of that Japanese kid that beats the whole game in like nine minutes? Yeah, yeah, I've studied Fuck. it, <laughs> dude. Dude, this person that video where he should have like like the like the little guys that come out of the wood and throw like the little wrenches. He totally got hit by those like three times. I swear to God, he did. I swear to God, he did. Near misses. And I can't even get past like level one on one try. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking PD Piranha coming out and getting me. My dog is just fucking staring at me. It's unnerving oh, sometimes, isn't it? It's like the summer of Sam. <laughs> the son of Sam. I just hear this weird commotion behind me. I turn around, she's just staring at me. Oh, fuck, dude. That is, you know, dude, staring will creep the shit out of me. Like, uh, <laughs> when I saw Paranormal Activity, I wasn't freaked out by, like, any of, like, the demonic stuff. But when they have video of her just staring at him sleeping oh, for, like, creepy. eight hours... I told Amanda, I said, if I ever wake up and see you like that, dude, I'm fucking, I'm taking you to the nearest church. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I woke up before and had my youngest son standing right next to me, staring at me. Oh, God. I just wake up and immediately go, ah! 
like, what? <laughs> I Don't know do t- that to me. Shake me or something. Don't just stand here and will me awake. Fucking ch- child of the corn. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Go to a pet cemetery or something right now. Let me sleep. <laughs> See, uh, Hazel's big thing is like she'll just come in like at two in the morning and we'll just be kind of looking at us and then be like, uh, mommy, daddy. But like, dude, she's been like fucking she's been like sleepwalking lately. It's fucking crazy. And then like or she'll like, she, you know, like when she does that, we put her in bed with us and then she'll just like sit up and be like, like, like she'll say like. She'd be like cactus with the sheet. And it's from this. It's from this show called wonder pets where they think there's a ghost, but it's like a bed sheet on a cactus. Yeah, wonder pets, wonder pets. We're on our way. Oh my God. dude, That <laughs> fucking show. I hated that shit when it first came out and then it grew on me somehow. <laughs> What's gonna work? Teamwork. Oh fuck. <laughs> but, but oh, if there's one, shows. If there's one kid show I fucking hate, and I hate saying this because I love Fred Rogers to death, I fucking hate Daniel Tiger. Okay, I never saw that one, so I, oh must, have, my. I must have dodged a bullet. God, dude, it's just like, well, one thing is uh, our special ed teacher at our school uses it because it, it it's great for teaching coping mechanisms for kids with like feelings and stuff, but like the voice actors. And stuff is just so it's just like the, the 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 guy that's Daniel, the voice is so annoying. And like the voice of the dad is like this over the top, like like, well, Daniel, what are you having for breakfast today? Like, come on, man. It's so <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> and you said you couldn't do accents. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can do a good uh, Mr. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, and then when Hazel will get mad, she'll like uh, stomp her feet because Daniel Tiger says, "When you're when you're not gonna get your way, stop, stomp three times and blow away." It's like Hazel, stop, stop stomping, please stop stomping, <laughs> knock it off. It's like, come on. Oh, kids are funny. Oh, they are. They're the best. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my oldest one, Aiden, he just started riding his bike really well. And so now he's like pushing the bounds of freedom. And so he'll be like, well, I'm going to go out and ride ride my bike. And it's like we live like our our road stops because of a creek that runs through town. So we live on like a little one block dead end. Okay. It's like, yeah, just ride your bike right here. There's never any traffic here. There's literally, you know, one, two, three, four houses here. You know, you're going to be good to go. And it's like, no, he's got to go out and ride on Main Street. <laughs> That's like super heavily trafficked. And it's oh like, dude, God. come on, just please. I'm going to, I've asked you nicely. Just stay on this one. And so I look out and he's like riding on the busy street. And so I stick my head out the door and I'm like, Aiden, come on, come over here, buddy. <laughs> and so he, that offended him apparently because there was other kids out there. And so I don't know if I embarrassed him or not, but and so he, how dare you he, oh god and so, well he came up and like he he picked up a uh like a pop can that had rocks in it and like shook it really hard at me and then threw it on the ground and kicked it and i was like well if you're gonna act like that you can come in the house for a few minutes then so he came in and it was all tears 
<laughs> and then he went to his room and then he closes the door. Didn't slam it. Just closed it firmly. And then he's in there all by himself just raging and ranting out loud. <laughs> I'm only catching little bits of it. And he's like, and he said to do this. And I wasn't doing this. No, no, no. I look at Lindsay. I'm like, do you hear this going on back there? I'm like, this might be horrifying when he's a teenager. He needs the thing Scrooge McDuck had in DuckTales, like that thing he could pace on. <laughs> where he would like create like a trench from walking back and forth so much. I forgot about that. That's awesome. Fucking launch pad. <laughs> oh, dude, someone just posted on my Facebook uh, a countdown to the movie It. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that... That's just next week, isn't it? Yeah, we already got our tickets for Friday. We're fucking... We are ready to go. We are fucking... Oh, I can't wait for this. This is right now my most anticipated movie. Until, like, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this one, too. And uh, When I was in high school, I read this book, and it was... It was awesome. Um, I, I didn't really care for the weird... Like eleven year old gangbang, yeah. Like that yeah. was just, and like that was also like, you know, I grew up. I graduated high school in ninety nine, so, you know, like we were just starting to be able to use the internet and stuff by the time I was getting to high school. So when we were in middle school, if we wanted something for, for a kick, we knew that we could go and flip through and find the sex scene in any Stephen King book because it was going to be way fucked up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it was just but it was like on it he just took it so over the top it's just so fucked up so yeah. unnecessary and i heard it's not in the movie so that's awesome thank goodness i feel like that'd be a lot of controversy oh yeah yeah that director would be getting some tweets oh yeah yeah <laughs> go kill yourself hashtag kill yourself <laughs> Yeah, fucking hashtag it also. I love it. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, that reminds. Have you ever watched Black Mirror? No, no, but oh. it's it's been on my list for a long time. Ever since I heard the the you know politician forced to fuck the pig episode. Okay, that is. I fucking I tell people because that's the first episode of the series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just so you know, the very first episode is about a guy having to fuck a pig. <laughs> Being get past that that. That's that's good. <laughs> Watch the rest. <laughs> but there's this one awesome story where like people there's this hashtag called like death to and it's like in the future where the bees are going dead and this company has created like drone bees to do the jobs of like actual bees. Well, someone hacks the bees and like. On this page, like they're going after like, you know, like Kim Kardashian's to like death to and whoever has the most like hashtags with that to their name by five o'clock, like these bees are going to come and kill you. And it's just it's fucking it's fucking insane. It's so good. There's a huge twist in it. Like it's a huge like mystery. It's it's fucking insane. It's so good. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'd never heard that one before. And isn't it each season's only like six episodes or something? The first season was three episodes. Whoa. The second season was four. And that's where it really gets awesome because like the second season, 
the first three episodes are from uh like i think it's channel four over in england and stuff like they're they're bbc or whatever uh and then we get the Amer- we start getting the american version the last episode of season two has john ham in it and it's fucking amazing that you really gotta watch that one because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the american version and it's so good in fact uh when season four comes out, Matt Kirby from the Leftover Army, him and I were doing a review podcast called Ginger Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a great can, title. Yeah, you can look forward to that one coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. When you guys get that out, I'll start watching. Oh, dude, it's like it's it's a show that's going to fuck with you. So are you just going to start on the first episode, first season and just go through? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And what's awesome is every every episode is just completely different. Like there's no returning actors. There's no like, you know, like you'll get some blurbs like prime minister, you know, like it's obvious odd to like the f- nod to the first episode, but that's about it. Like like it's all standalone episodes that are completely different in story, tone, everything. Oh, and very you- cool. Yeah, and San Junipero, the episode San Junipero, is my all-time favorite episode of any TV series I've ever watched. Sweet. It's, what so, season is that one in? That's season three. Okay, cool. Yeah, that oh, that is such a fucking odd. That episode is amazing. I think everyone needs to watch that episode. Sweet, dude. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, and it's also it doesn't feel daunting at all if if the seasons are so short. Yeah, but the episodes are pretty long. They're like ninety minutes sometimes. Oh, cool! So yeah. like little movies. It's kind of like uh, Sherlock, like all you know, right. the episodes are like a movie each. Um, but yeah, it's so good. There's some that are really dark that you're just like, oh, what the fuck? But it's so good though. Like there's an episode with Bron from Game of Thrones. It's fucking. They got some big name people in these episodes too. It's it's really good. Oh fuck! You just brought out Game of Thrones. I did just bring out. See, <laughs> and you know it's funny. I I started reading that like in high school, Game of Thrones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like with all these sex scenes, I'm like, dude, man, this this guy, the guy that writes this, has to get so much so much ass. Like he's got to be just like a stud of a man. And then I see, <laughs> I see the guy. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> What the fuck is he writing? <laughs> like, it's disgusting. <laughs> like the scene where where John gives Eager the Lord's kiss in the cave. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he kissed her mound and it was good. And then he saw what? some pink and he kissed her there and she gasped and that was also good. It's like what the fuck, dude. <laughs> Especially like when, um, like in the first book, when he's talking about how Danny, like, you know, she initiates it with Drogo. I'm like, wow, this is pretty fucking intense, dude. Like, like this is really perverted. Now that I like seen the guy, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> dude. I hope he gets Winds of Winter out pretty soon. Is there a set release date on it yet? I I don't I don't know I don't think so because it seems like it's been so long since I've even seen a blurb come up yeah the and and it's funny um 
I saw a meme. It said, uh, it, no, it, it was an article from the onion. It said, it said game of Thrones expert hasn't even finished, uh, the books yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a picture of him. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, the, that show though. That's that's got to be one of my favorite shows of all time. I, I mean, totally it agree. it almost has to be the production value, the storytelling, and that's another one. Like, yeah, it's in a fantasy world, but it's got so much human elements that we're going through today. You know, like that they're dealing with. Like, it's just oh, it's so good. And, yeah the the um, I haven't read the books yet, and I okay. keep meaning to get into it sometime, but it's. Uh, it'd be so hard for me to pick up a novel and keep up with all my comics and stuff. You want to talk about daunting? No Fuck. shit. Yeah, and so then it's like, well, I could get it on audiobook, and then I might be able to get it finished in like a year. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and that's the thing: the audiobook for it is like forty. It's like forty-five hours. Yeah, that's what I thought. That it was oh. over a work week. Yeah, because it's like a twelve-hundred-page book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's oh it's such a terrifying awesome fucking story. Um, I almost picked up Game of Thrones, the very first book, years ago. My friend Jeff had tell me his. He was like, dude. He handed me the book. He's like, you really got to read this. And I was like, oh yeah. And he had introduced me to Sword of Truth, which is a really good fantasy series. Okay. And um, and so I was like, oh, and he's he's telling me about it. He's like. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, but it's it's really, really depressing. He's like, you're reading it and you just want these characters to get a win and it just never comes. And I just handed him the book back and I was like, I don't want to read depressing shit. Yeah. And yeah. That's... I, I wish I would have chose differently that day because then I would have had them all read because I, you know, I go deep on things like that. I'd yeah. read that first book and be like, oh, okay, shit. Now I've got to read them all. Well, fuck, dude. I remember when uh, the last Harry Potter came out. I fucking read that in one sitting. I think it was like 12 hours or something. I just fucking powered through that shit. Deathly Hallows? Yeah, I had to know what was happening. I had to to know the end. I had that on pre-order, so it showed up that day on UPS. You know, because they had it all set up so that the UPSs went out like a few days beforehand. So you'd actually get it on the release day. And I remember the, they all, they came in distinctive boxes, too, because the UPS driver showed up and handed it to me. And I had it delivered to where I worked. And so he was making fun of me. He's like, yeah, hey, here's your fucking Harry Potter. He's like, you dork. I'm like, oh, thank you. Get back in your truck and drive away. Yeah. Yeah, don't think I noticed that they're not making you that they're making you wear UPS freaking socks. Yeah, you you want to be Santa Claus. Get the fuck out of here. Want to be Santa Claus? <laughs> Fucking Brown do for you. They can fuck off if you're gonna make fun of me for reading Harry Potter. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> I would have been on their Facebook page. Your driver's a jerk. <laughs> this was before Facebook. This was maybe even before it was called the Facebook. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the Zuckerberg. Zuck. Oh shit, man! Well, it is getting pretty late. You want to call it? It is night? pretty late. Yeah, yeah, dude. This was 
this was awesome. This was this was so much fun. This is like very like therapeutic and cathartic. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> How much do I owe you? Like, did I go over my time? <laughs> Dude, we covered a lot of really weird ground, or not we weird, but co- just a lot of varied ground. Today. Yes. I mean, there were times where it got super serious. We managed to bash on Trump a little bit. We might have made some people yeah. red in the face with that. Eh, just as long as it doesn't cost me my job, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> I don't think we got into anything too. I didn't hear you say anything detrimental. That's for sure. Awesome, awesome, yes, awesome. <laughs> this was, yeah, no, this was this was fun, man. This was, and I didn't mean to go like super deep with like the dad stuff. No, dude, no apologies at all, man. That awesome. that's that's the fun thing about this show. It's just wherever the conversation takes us, that's where it's gonna go. You're such a fucking easy guy to talk to, dude. It's like, (laughs) thank you. It's like, I feel like I've known you now, like, since I've been 10 or something. (laughs) I just bared my soul. (laughs) No, I had a great time talking to you, Paul. Awesome. uh, Yeah. And our next comic cast episode coming out, you're going to be on that. I am. So, yeah, you were, uh, you know, we had you and Rebecca and Sturdy on with the crossover. And then our next episode after that, we got you on again. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm doing the supercast tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes. My second time on. My first time talking with Joe Prime tomorrow. Oh, I love Joe. He's so much fun. He is awesome. He's a good guy. He, he's been such a big help with the podcasting too. Like he'll listen and he'll like you know, like in a real cool way, he'll he'll like message me, be like, Hey man, you know, um, you know, you should do something with the audio for this just so like, you know, like like in a real helpful, real nice way and so like appreciated. He's just such a cool guy like that. Yeah, I totally agree. Joe's I I love listening to the guy. I love his <laughs> his like it's like if he has an opinion on something, he's gonna give it to you and he's gonna give it to you straight. And I like that because it cuts right to the core of what needs to be said. Absolutely. And um, he's got that fantastic sense of humor, too, like the good ball-busting sense of humor. Yes. Because he busts my balls a lot about random shit, and it makes me fucking laugh. But according to him, I laugh at everything, which is true. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. (laughs) And I really hope, because he's like... He was talking about on the anime backcast how like I'll interrupt Rebecca like four times and be like I'm sorry. So I really hope I didn't do too much interrupting tonight. No, I probably I, I think I do that too. But I am my harshest critic about everything. Oh, I do. absolutely. <laughs> no, and that's definitely not like a knock on Joe Prime at all. Like I appreciate because I'm like a total newbie to the podcasting game. So anything I can do to make myself better, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, dude. But yeah, man. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell them a little bit more about the animated backcast and where they can find you there? Oh yeah. Um, so uh, we're coming. We took a we took a break. We we took a week. We took a week off because Rebecca took a well deserved vacation. Uh, went to an awesome comedy show. Um, we're coming back. Um, we're going to be covering uh the episode The Clock King. Um, but we, it's, we're trying to make it your one stop shop for all Batman news. We try to cover like, you know, justice league rumors, uh, Ben Affleck rumors, which is his podcast all of its own. Um, we get into comic news for Batman and then we review the episode. And what we try to do is, you know, we break it down scene by scene, but we also really try to get into like, 
you know, like the underlying tones of the show. And we'd look back of when it was made and kind of talk about what was happening during that time socially and like what they're trying to say here. And uh, we we always have a guest on every episode. Um, so, yeah, we've had some awesome army members. We've had Brian on from Pop Culture Leftovers. Uh, we had Jake, but we lost the episode. Um, so... Yeah, we've had we've had Eric Wade on, we've had David on a couple times. Um, it's it, it's so much fun. And then my wife and I are starting a podcast next week. Uh, it was a bumper series called "Married Boring Married Couple Watches a Movie and Talks About It," and we're gonna. I love that our, title. <laughs> our debut episode is gonna be it. Nice. So uh, we're gonna try to record it when we get back from the movie, and then, like I said. Whenever uh, season four of Black Mirror airs, we are going to start Ginger Mirror, a uh, Black Mirror retrospective show. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm on Twitter um, uh, at Pauly Wise. Yeah, my nickname was Pauly Wise because I love Pennywise so much in high school. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. I'm no longer Eduardo Pablo because students found me on facebook and i changed my name to something a little more exotic (laughs) that's funny (laughs) yeah and uh instagram at mr h uh so yeah thanks dude thanks so much for having me this was so much fun man oh yeah man thank you for taking the time to come out and and talk so much i had had a blast too oh absolutely (laughs) yeah i have again sometime i actually have a presentation i'm supposed to give at like eight o'clock tomorrow so oh shit (laughs) (laughs) well let me just run through this shit at the end here (laughs) i'll let you get to bed no seriously take your time it's it's all good i'm not in a rush (laughs) okay so um yeah check out my facebook page startcast uh you can tweet at me at the tubby ninja uh email me startcastpod at gmail.com and uh so yeah hit me up hit him up If you want to yell at me about something we talked about on the show, you just got something you want to share, you know, whatever. I'll read it. Yeah, and my email is RebeccaDolling at... (laughs) 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 If you want to yell at me. (laughs) That's funny, dude. (laughs) All right, well, thank you again, Paul. This has been awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Have a good night. Yeah, and thank you all for listening. This has been StartCast.